1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots and lots of stuff, as I always say, to talk about. But uh, Devin Archer is the most fascinating thing to me out there. Uh, Yes, uh, the former president was indicted, arraigned, and pled innocent again. Yes, that all happened this week. Uh, That is not as interesting, not because I want to be some hardcore uh, pro-Trump guy, but because Biden is actually in the White House. The president of the United States is not Donald Trump, no matter how odd it is to say that sometimes because how much news media obsesses about him and not about the guy actually in charge. Uh, But this is probably some of the most significant stuff we've heard, uh, more so than the stuff that aired as part one of Tucker Carlson talking to Devin Archer. Devin Archer is the business partner, former business partner of Hunter Biden. Uh, But here, this is, I think, just to start it off, kind of one of the more amazing things that Tucker got him to say, categorically false uh, are the words chosen on did um, the president of the United States, then the vice president of the United States, know stuff about Hunter's businesses, about his business partners, about the people that he was working with, or even if you know they were from some of those other countries like Ukraine or China, categorically false to saying that they definitely didn't share information, uh, Hunter and our president, when he was in the White House as the vice president. Here we go. There's no corruption here at all. This is totally normal. Joe Biden had no role whatsoever in uh, in his son's business or knowledge of it. But right. How would I mean, that seems false. Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, I think that's that's categorically false. I think that what what the. He was aware of Hunter's business. He met with Hunter's business partners. He I mean, you found a letter that that illustrates that he knew me <laughs> and he's thanking you <laughs> he's thanking you for so, his efforts so i think that was for, yeah i think your efforts yeah <laughs> he, he loved him uh, that letter that tucker read in the first part of this stuff that uh, went viral online was him saying how glad he was that uh, hunter biden and devin archer were working together this is joe biden you know uh, white house stationary from the office of the vice president all that stuff so it, it is about as bad as it can possibly be without the literal smoking gun showing that Joe Biden, our president, had some sort of deposit into a bank account with his name on it. That's the only thing missing here, according to Devin Archer, which, of course, you can say he's just lying. I don't know what he stands to gain in this situation. A couple other quick ones of things I just thought were really interesting. I don't know the narrative and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lead anyone down that kind of path. But that's what well, that's what happened, because I don't know there. But of- Joe Biden knew that his son was on the board of this company that was being hassled by the prosecutor whose firing he was calling for. Right. <laughs> OK, wait. I, the, the question was so well uh, executed. Uh, Joe Biden, then vice president, knew uh, that his son was on the board of the company that was being hassled for, uh, by the prosecutor whose firing he was calling for. I can play it one more time. And then just the right is so, so good. Anyone down that kind of path, but that's what well, that's what happened, because I don't know there. Because but of- Joe Biden knew that his son was on the board of this company that was being hassled by the prosecutor whose firing he was calling for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. One more time. And then one other quick thing. And this is just another thing that I thought was pretty fascinating about all of this back and forth is how important uh, the survival of Burisma was uh, for Hunter Biden, for Devin Archer and how influential they were in helping that energy company in Ukraine uh, not go out of business, not go bankrupt because of some of the things politically that happened. This is, again, as close to a smoking gun as you get without any sort of admission that it was a a quid pro quo kind of situation. The first challenge, which was like a there was a a 23 million pound account that was released to Burisma because of alleged non-cooperation by the 
prosecutor. I don't know if Shokin or the guy before that, but that was successful. And I think did Hunter help with that? I the the perception of him being on the board probably uh, provided a halo that that helped with that, <laughs> but no active. And by the way, uh, just to um, you know, kind of paraphrase what just happened there. He's not saying anything definitively because I imagine some of those decisions, if they were made the way that uh, Tucker Carlson is thinking they were made, uh, they were made without Devin Archer in the room. Uh, that would demonstrate some level of intelligence and not making it that blatant uh, to a business partner. Uh, but again, that's that's the not actually full on attacking of the Biden family that makes Devin Archer seem like a much more credible person. It seems as though he's dodging questions a bit to protect uh, those that he worked with in the past. At least it's my assumption. Here's a little more. You know, there was no active. But they were not consulting him on like pipeline construction or wellhead. No, 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 no. It was, it was, you know, hiring lobbyists and law firms to, to, uh, and, and various like NGOs to, you know, help, uh, clear the path from, you know, regulatory, uh, yeah. roadblocks at the end of the day. When they asked him to call his dad, did he? Um, he, I was not <laughs> privy to the conversation uh-huh. directly, but they uh-huh. asked, you know, that was, you know, Vadim met with his dad at, at uh, dinner, at dinner at Cafe Milano, a famous dinner at Cafe Milano. Um, so, you know, I, I did not listen to a particular call where they spoke, but I know that the request was made by Vadim a lot. I know that asking to talk to the vice president of the United States was made a lot by a guy who stayed in business with Hunter Biden, kept him on a board. Fascinating stuff. Again, just short of I was in the room when this happened and the vice president was standing in there. So I, I have way more to play from that conversation. I think it's it's a very big deal and you're probably not going to hear about it as many places as you should hear about it. Uh, and if you do hear anything, it'll be probably something to the effect of Devin Archer isn't really a credible or trustworthy person, uh, which again is odd. The people who we know are credible and we know who aren't credible, depending on more what they're saying than I guess who they are. I, I want to bring in my buddy, uh, Dan Lloyd, unofficial producer of the show, a friend of the show, a guy who had enough time to hang out for a whole show again. Uh, how are you doing? Good, Craig. How are you doing? Now, here's the biggest uh, thing that I love uh, about you being here today. You just took a trip to Washington, D.C. I did. Your son is 12? He's 12 years old, and okay. we thought it was the right time to do it. You used to work in D.C. I you, did. You were on some political uh, different things. I don't need to name uh, okay. the people you worked with if you don't want to. Um, but J.C. I, Watts, good guy. All right, there you go. You'll do it. Um, but so I think it's interesting that you've been somewhat privy to some of this. And so you hear all that from Devin Archer, and you were just there in the slimiest place in our country, maybe. It's a swamp. It's a swamp. What are your thoughts of the things they're saying? It's very sad, the deterioration in D.C. Okay. The, the comments that President Trump made yesterday about driving through there, um, it had been a while since I'd been back in Union Station, which is one of the most beautiful buildings in the country. Sure. Uh, disastrous. It's wow. It's a ghost town. It's wow. horrible. Wow. Um, but the thing that shocked me the most is we took one of the trolley tours where it takes you through, because my son had never been to D.C. He wanted to see what D.C. was about. Yeah. So we stop right next to the White House. I'm not sure how cocaine, they can't figure out how cocaine got in the White House. <laughs> there is about 20 car 
police cars uh-huh. deep all the way yeah. around. Yeah. There's 20 bomb-sniffing dogs mm. sniffing a catering van. Right. I'm not sure how <laughs> cocaine got in the White, White House. House. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, man. They, they tried real hard. They gave it, what, like a full week to look into it, and then they gave up on the whole thing? I, I really am yeah. shocked yeah, because I, I, I could not get it within oh. five feet of the White House. Yeah, I would almost say, and it would be a very dumb thing and we're not going to do it, we should try to smuggle some cocaine into the White House and see what happens to us. I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. I said I would almost say that, but I didn't I didn't say it. Uh, well, maybe I did. Okay. Um, well, thank you, man. I look forward to you being here for the whole show. Thanks, Ray. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to take a quick break. I got some buddies coming in uh, that are going to talk about everything First Friday. Uh, MT uh, Reagan uh, with 22VA. Uh, he comes in once a month. First Friday is a big day in the world of art in Peoria and the surrounding uh, central Illinois area. So we'll dive into some of the stuff you can go check out uh, all evening tonight. Coming up next, 1470 is an AM, 100.3 is an FM, uh, all over the Internet, WMBDRadio.com. This is The Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's The Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about, as I always say. Uh, My buddy, uh, M.T. Reagan, is here uh, behind 22VA. uh, Wants to promote a bunch of things. Here, pull that microphone, make it face here. Uh, Yeah, there you go. How are you doing, buddy? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? Uh, You want to talk about the art uh, in the area. Uh, First Friday is a very big day for the art scene, and you promote a few things. But first, before we do any of that, let's talk about what 22VA is. For sure, yeah. 22 VA, we're still doing everything that we do. The 22nd of every month, we're doing a Patriot Plunge where we actually jump in the river. Mm-hmm. Um, afterwards, we do a three-minute sit in ice water. Uh, we do kind of a polar bear plunge. I oh, got you. That's, that's the summer version of this thing. Summer version yeah. of the, the polar bear plunge. Nice. Yeah, a three-minute sit. Beer plunge. A yeah, three, minutes, three minutes in ice water. All right. Um, we do that at uh, Charlie's uh, mm-hmm. next to the East Peoria Boat Club is uh, uh, Charlie's on the water. There we we go there and we uh, we do the polar beer plunge part of that. Anybody sure. that sits in the water for three minutes, teach people about the ice therapy, about sitting in the water for three minutes three times a week. How it gives you a twenty five percent dopamine boost. I didn't get any of this stuff. You didn't teach me. I, I jumped in the actual river with you back in lot what like February. Yeah, when you did were I just do that? Bobbing for carp though. I, I was and I made some very sad noises. Uh, that it's all good. I, I think I've played them at least once on the radio. Hey, it's all good. But you, you didn't know. educate me. There was well, no that didn't happen. Right. This is all new. You we're, we're, we're doing more. Nice. We're doing more to teach people that's about the therapy yeah. that comes with good. cold water and the therapy that comes with art and that's you know that's our main thing yes but um like one of the artists i had a guy with me earlier he had unfortunately had to go to a va appointment sometimes you have to make wait for months to get to those chase Chase, seating chase seating yeah he's Mm -hmm. uh he's out there booking shows right now yeah uh so anybody that's looking to check him out on facebook do hashtag 22 va check out our stuff what Mm -hmm. we've got going on um we've got the Creative Soul Gallery out in Dunlap, Stormy Monday, actually has a book for sale, wow. uh, Addiction Recovery book. It's an amazing book. Yeah. Um, he's kind of our biker artist kind of guy. Nice. <clears throat> and um, then you'd, uh, uh, VFW in Peoria Heights has all of the art that's on constant display right. for 22. We have, we have a constant show going on at the VFW there, trying to get more people to be interested in the VFW and realize that you don't have to be a veteran or been in a foreign war to go there. Yeah. And eat tacos and have an amazing art gallery. No, and honestly, one of the things I was just saying the other day is some of that art is heavy. Uh, some of the stuff that some of these artists yeah. create that have gone and fought for our country. And there seems to be something really nice about holding a beer in your hand and drinking some of that beer. As you're talking, even to some of the artists that you bring out there, uh, because it just all of a sudden feels like uh, you, whoever you are, are probably going to have some emotions of your own uh, looking at that and appreciating the different ways in which you're helping people 
release different right. things through art. You see some amazing poetry out there, actually. Yes. Uh, one of the poets, one of the artists and poets, uh, Danny Ribchek, just passed away about a week ago. Wow. Uh, he was a very important part of our show. Uh, Danny was uh, diagnosed with all sorts of disorders from Agent Orange. And that's one of the things we try to help people out and help them get claims in and stuff and mm-hmm. help them get compensation and yeah. benefits and stuff. And, and you do that personally. Uh, you've uh, yeah. written or helped to um, write a lot of submissions for claims for um, veterans, yes. which is a whole process that people need to know more about to help you get compensation no matter what level of disability you have. If you right. have any, there's well, compensation there. And people don't realize it a lot of times. If you watch late-night TV, they say, oh, have you been exposed to Roundup, you know, mm-hmm. Monsanto, blah, blah, blah. There's the same people that made Agent Orange. Every one of those diseases also is related to Agent Orange. If you're a Vietnam veteran, you're yeah. boots on ground in Vietnam, you've been exposed to Agent Orange. And all of those different things, you can receive compensation for. A lot of veterans say, well, I don't want the money. I don't want this. You know, yeah. Younger veterans need it. Well, just give it to your local charity. You know, sure. Donate it to your church. Put it in your grandkids' college fund. Don't care sure. what you do with it. Sure. In the military, you don't get the ability to have workman's comp. You get two 800-milligram motor and drink a lot of water. That's it. Wow. Wow. So. Yeah, no, I, 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 I move by a lot of, you know, what we talk about, just you and I. I'm not going to put all that on the air. I know some of that's been off the air. And how many people you know that fall into the bucket you just described of, like, someone who, who went to war, uh, defended our country, came home, and then feels as though they're not the right person to ask for assistance. They, they right. want to leave it. It's, it's And the VA denies assistance constantly, and a lot of people don't know. Well, I, I made too much money. I, I got another job, and I make yeah. too much money. for. But if you have VA compensation, if you have even 10% for hearing loss, you were working artillery, you're working on the flight deck, you have yeah. hearing loss, that compensation right there can open up the door for you yeah. to where we can get your free hearing aids from the VA. They're yeah. going to be better than your Caterpillar insurance is going to provide for you wow. or a lot of other insurances companies. So, you know, just let us look at your situation. Yeah. And, and i got to be honest, man, with, right with how much ridiculous stuff Washington spends money on, uh, I want the veterans to take as much as they can out of that bucket before the bucket goes other places. Oh, yeah. I don't I want mean, it to go those VA other places. They just spent a bunch of money on art. They didn't buy it from veteran artists. That That's really terrible. Me, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you want to promote, though, for First Friday? So, uh, there's a couple of things. There's a really amazing uh, – there's a couple artists down at the Peoria Art Guild, uh, Lisa Nelson, uh, Ray, and myself, Rob, I guess. We actually uh, shared a studio recently, v- 22 VAs, looking for some new studio space. I'm nice. somewhere else. Let us know but, if you have uh, studio space available for a very, very talented artist. For yeah. sure. We, and we, we want a safe place where veterans can go and do artwork and not be bothered by anybody else. That's sure. what we're looking for, some place uh, that gives us that safety. Anyway, uh, uh, her and uh, John Boylan are doing a thing. He's got a thing called Structures down at the Peoria Art Guild. By all means, get down and check that out. Wow. Um, just a little bit of a, a heads up on something. There's an event going on at Detweiler Park. Um, I'm going to be putting more information out about it. Uh, feel free to look at you know, hashtag 22VA on Facebook. We're actually going to be do, doing something where we get the uh, the Clydesdales down there. Anheuser-Busch is bringing the Clydesdales down wow. for a veterans event. It's going to be at Detweiler Park this month wow. in a couple of weeks. So look, we've got the Clydesdales that. are still cool. I will definitely, say that. The definitely. Clydesdales are still cool. And uh, – Ignite is next weekend. Ignite Peoria will be at the Peoria Civic Center. Sure. There will be a bunch of artists. Studio 606 and 22VA are going to be side by side. We'll be doing collaborative painting, cool. making some amazing stuff. So get down and check that out. I was at Studio 606 a little while ago, and Betty even contributed to that um, big, giant room they have where mm-hmm. everybody's making that community of art. It's so cool to see the way in which that's being embraced. I know they're not open today. They have some stuff they're No, they're for. actually closed yeah. today in preparation for right. uh, getting ready for Ignite. But typically they are a place that's 
open on first Friday and a place people should also check out just because of the, the uniqueness of how I think inside whatever the, the art scene is uh, in this area, uh, that place seems to be. They seem to be very well connected to some of the – and I know right. the Peoria Art do, uh, Guild does great, uh, 203 Harrison Street, for anyone that wants to check out the thing that MT just mentioned. But there's a lot of art. Yeah, the uh, Contemporary Art Center has something amazing going on. Yeah. Preston Jackson's galleries in there. Mm-hmm. Studios on Sheridan always has something going on. If you're right. out in Dunlap, by yeah. all means, check out Creative Soul Gallery. Okay, gotcha. Nice. I was just trying to check this. Sorry, I got so many screens in the studio right now, but thank you, man. Hey, you got a different setup today. I know. We got a bunch of stuff. Uh, MT Reagan, he is behind 22VA. Uh, they have a constant display at the uh, VFW in Peoria Heights, and I highly recommend you go and check that out, too. Uh, and just anything you want to do, first Friday-wise, uh, we will probably be bumping into you because both MT and I will be at some of that stuff. A uh, quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots and lots of stuff, as always, to talk about. Uh, I do think uh, this is interesting. And I kind of want to just play the audio first and then sort of react to it, uh, because this is probably going to be a lot of places. Uh, This is about the president of the United States, or excuse me, the former president of the United States. This is a Donald Trump thing. And this is um, a person you heard about before, uh, someone who actually went and testified in front of the January 6th committee. Uh, they're replaying a portion of this audio, a portion of this discussion, because they think it's tremendously relevant. Cassidy Hutchinson is the woman's name. Uh, again, I want to play the audio first, and I kind of want to react to it, because I've said it. Uh, a lot of people have said it. Uh, the core aspect of uh, Trump's defense for um, the most recent thing he's been indicted and arraigned for, uh, that would be a January 6th, and any sort of fraud allegations that are being brought by the federal government is that he truly believed that he won the election. If he believed that, none of the stuff he did uh, can be considered fraud, and none of the stuff he did is actually illegal uh, by any sense of the word, and that is according to the New York Times, not me. Uh, that was their write-up on it. But I do want to play this uh, moment as it's you know becoming more and more of a focal point, certainly for, I think, a lot of mainstream media, maybe left-leaning media. Here we go. So he had said something to the effect of, I don't want people to know we lost, Mark. This is embarrassing. Figure it out. We need to figure it out. I don't want people to know that we lost. So that is a person that says she was a, a you know witness to a conversation between Mark Meadows, who also was not listed as one of the co-conspirators, which a lot of people believe uh, means that Mark Meadows has flipped. Mark Meadows is starting to say things uh, that may be detrimental to the former president. And then you have Cassidy Hutchinson saying um, that she heard Trump out loud acknowledge that he lost the last election. Uh, I will be honest about this, as honest as I can be about this. If this can be proven to be true and not one person saying it, this would hurt Trump in that court case uh, that exists. I don't know if it would actually damage him at all as far as um, the the ability for him to get elected. I, I actually genuinely mean that, however crazy that might sound to some uh, that just think he shouldn't uh, run, shouldn't be elected, all that stuff. Um, but it, it would it would be the proof necessary uh, to try to say that he's guilty of anything, uh, even though a lot of what he did was still protected First Amendment political speech. Um, so you can lie. You, you don't have to uh, tell the truth as far as a person out there in the world, uh, especially someone in the world of politics. Otherwise, we'd have to arrest everyone who works in Washington. Uh, but beyond uh, the ability or lack thereof to lie, uh, if you're charging someone with fraud, then they knowingly did something. Uh, but if this is just one person's testimony, and this is not something that Mark Meadows confirms, it's something that I'm not sure will have any sort of impact. And I imagine, and I'm just guessing, that a potential defense here 
uh, would be that he was saying something a certain way in a certain room because he really wanted people to keep fighting for him. That would be uh, Trump, not because he necessarily believed the thing he said in that moment. But that would be a tough thing uh, to, to prove or to claim, I think. So it's it's interesting. And as I said, it's it's probably going to be a significant amount of places uh, because it's it's what a lot of people are looking for the proof uh, that they already believe to be true uh, in the world of our former president. All right, let's move on to the vice president. I do think a couple things that happened with her pretty funny today. Uh, first, let's do this, uh, where she makes sure to tell her audience they can go ahead and clap for her. Not usually good if you have to ask people to applaud you uh, while you're speaking to them. Yeah, go ahead and clap. <laughs> go ahead, please. Come on. I don't want to step on the applause. Uh-huh. Yeah, you just want to command it and beg for it. I feel like she should have held up an applause sign at some point as she's speaking to make sure that people do it. But then also there's this. Uh, she tries small talk and she's bad at it is the headline uh, to a viral piece of audio. Let's hear how she does. We'll see. I hope so. But, you know, we've tried in the past yeah, that's a lot of awkward standing uh, right next to somebody else and then answering questions that they're asking. Keep playing it. We can get. Let's get this real awkward. I'm just standing there. You know what's real crazy is there's a camera on her and there's a person standing next to her. And in the world of politics, or just like a talk show, just like a talk show host who's doing a late night TV show, they don't sit quiet and stare straight forward when they go to commercial when you can't hear them anymore. They want to seem as though they're people that are likable. And so as she's standing next to someone and as you got the camera uh, lasered on them, it's just it's just like dead inside uh, for a few. I don't know why that is. Here, let's do a little bit. It's actually a fromage blanc, but it comes across like cream cheese. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there you go. Water and a bagel. Also, the texture. Yeah, we could go even deep, have with some fresh strawberries on it, some fresh fruit. Oh, you stop. Whatever you stop. It was savory. What was the... Um, something savory? Um, <laughs> not lots, right? Well, I, mean, I, I don't know. She seems great. Uh, I'm probably she's going to do real great if uh, Biden doesn't actually, uh, as we probably a lot of us think, wind up being the person who would be in charge for four years if he gets elected. Uh, they say that uh, DeSantis is not likable. They say that DeSantis is actually I saw a poll. I think this was uh, earlier today, not yesterday. Uh, all the different um, viewpoints of DeSantis in Iowa specifically. And he's rated better there than on a national scale. Uh, favorability numbers are higher than they would be. But the one thing that actually isn't that great is, is he fun, is a question they asked a lot of voters in Iowa. And people are like, nah, he doesn't seem, he doesn't seem fun. 13%, I think, was the people who said uh, that they thought that DeSantis would be a fun guy to be around or to hang out with. Uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to see uh, the world of the people that um, Trump or anyone else would be running against because it's bad. Now, I think that's the easiest way to say it. All right, one other quick thing. And I just thought this was interesting, uh, and this is more of a palate cleanser than anything else. It's been very hot a lot of places. Uh, that's not news. I didn't just tell you something you didn't know. But apparently it's so hot that watermelons are exploding in some parts of the, the world, just full-on uh, time bomb uh, blowing up. Uh, and I don't, I don't know how you would react to that. I don't know what you'd do in that world where you just have a bunch of uh, watermelons going crazy. Uh, they say there's a, a mixture of reasons why. Uh, there are certain toxins uh, inside watermelons that ferment if you heat them up a whole lot. And so the explosions even could actually have some some bad stuff that uh, people have to avoid. Uh, but right now, apparently, if you're someone who's farming watermelons in certain parts of the world, you basically have a minefield in your back uh, in your on your area, on your plot of land. And so that's probably not a fun thing 
uh, to deal with. I don't know what else to say about that. I'm not trying to be, you know, a, a guy who um, makes it sound like I'm, I'm super worried about uh, anything in the world of our climates. I don't want to be a fear monger uh, person. So I'm not telling you the watermelons are exploding because I want to make sure we all buy electric cars. I'm just telling you the watermelons are exploding because that's insane and they're exploding. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It is the Craig Collins Show. 70, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. My buddy, unofficial producer Dan Lloyd is hanging out in studio. Uh, lots of stuff, as I keep saying, to talk about. Uh, lots there's of, always lots of stuff. There's always lots of stuff. When is there not stuff to talk I know, about? I don't know. Yeah, no, that'd be bad if I said there's nothing to talk about and I just turn off the microphone and leave. Um, let's do this. A man sold everything he owned and gambled his entire life savings on one roulette spin. Not the Dave Ramsey plan. (laughs) Not the Dave Ramsey plan. Although if you win, I feel like you feel good about it. Uh, I know you found this story. I know you sent it to me. I think this happened back in, uh, uh, 2004, uh, and they were retelling the story, uh, somewhere locally. But tell me, what did you see in this? Just how nuts this guy is. (laughs) Did he win or lose? I I think he lost. Okay. Is what what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see the face in the video, uh, the thing that you sent me. Doesn't look good for him. Um, You know, I did this once, not with my life savings or anything, with a couple hundred bucks. I went to um, the casino in uh, Chicago or just near Chicago, and I was with a friend of mine, and it was college, and we were renting an apartment. And we both decided, since we only had, and we were bartenders at the time, this is like all our tip money for the night. Uh, on a Saturday night, I hate that I'm telling the story, but darn it, I am. And we put it down on on black, and it hit. And then we did it a second time, and it hit a second time. And then my buddy was like, "Let's go for three. And I was like, "No, no man, no. we just paid the rent. Walk, right, walk. we just paid the rent." So I scooped mine up, and I, I left. Uh, he did not, and uh, he he lost all his. Oh, wow. So yeah, it went red the third time, and that's that's the only time I've ever done that, man. That's a hundred percent true story. I feel great about it, and I'm a hundred percent successful. So I could try it again at some point. I imagine. No, is that a no from you? I think the third time the charm is the yeah. best way to walk away at okay. that point. So yeah. that was good. I good can't. Play. How much pressure do you think is on that thirty-two-year-old guy as that ball is rolling around? He's got to be single. <laughs> there, there's no, there's no ball and chain attached to that decision. <laughs> or, or a very mad human being if he just didn't tell her. But I was trying to think of it like the the spin thing. That's like a 30-second experience. Uh, that's the longest 30 seconds, 20 seconds, whatever it is. It's got to be the highest adrenaline yeah. high that you could possibly have. Right, and then the lowest low. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it's got to feel uh, bad. All right, other stuff out there. I-, I saw this. I like that you uh, found this story today, too. Existence of aliens could be proven in 28 days. Uh, Harvard. Um, uh, that hearing was going on when I was in D.C. <laughs> really? There was a line out the door for okay. that hearing, as okay. you can imagine. Uh, I have... I talked about aliens in the show, and I'm sure you've heard it. And the biggest reason I've done it, and this is what I'm saying, it doesn't have to necessarily be entirely true. I might believe the existence of aliens is more possible uh, than this lets on. Um, but I'm just covering it to, to not have egg on my face if there is a, an alien press conference in the near future. I don't want to be the only guy that ignored it. <laughs> and I think I'm the only guy talking about it. Um, but I, it seems like it is something that's coming at some point. And now Harvard agrees. Do you think there's aliens? No. No? You don't think we have bodies somewhere? We have uh, non-human um, bodies stacked up uh, somewhere within the I, – I did like Ben Shapiro's take. Uh, he said that Trump had been our president for four whole years. Right. And if he had been told that secret, the odds of that secret being kept with him, <laughs> even right now, are so bad that we, we cannot have them, or at least no one decided to tell him about them. It's one or the other. I do agree with that. There would be no way that he would have kept that aside. I 100% agree okay. with that. All right. Yeah, that yes. would have been declassified day one, Yes, I imagine. Or at least it could be again if There's he gets There's no way in. he holds that tweet in. <laughs> right, yeah. Or just doesn't tell like somebody. Yes. Like some human. Okay. So no aliens for you. 
I just don't I don't I don't see it because it doesn't make any sense. No, it does not yeah, make any sense. Because every part of like logic tells you it can't be true. Right. But then they tell you that they see stuff that doesn't follow the laws of physics, and that seems interesting to me. Uh, they being people who are on like aircrafts or on you know the decks of ships as they're seeing these things. Or people living in their parents' basement <laughs> at the age of fifty-one taking photos yes. of Bigfoot. Is that yes. where you're going? No, yes. come on, man. All right, fine, fine. Uh, some other stuff out there. I thought uh, this was kind of interesting too. A man uses his forehead to smash walnuts. Uh, this has claimed him several world records. I figured this was right up your alley because you are the <laughs> world record man. You are no, all about world records. I, I want to set one. I am, I'm a person who talks about something a lot but never does it. I, I'm that friend of yours that, that says we're going to run the you know 5K right. next month, right. and then we never run the 5 We don't practice at all. But I, do, I really want a Guinness World Record. I don't want this one. I don't, I don't think you did, okay. but I thought it was right up your alley. 273 walnuts smashed with your forehead. And he's just, he's just bashing his head into a table that has walnuts on it. There has to be a point, like, because there's people standing around him. There has to be a point where most of the people in that room are like, this is this is awkward. This, this is- came, this seemed to me like one that would happen during COVID time. Sure, yeah. Like, I'm sitting in my house. I am, yeah. I am in quarantine. I can't yeah. take this anymore. Yeah. I'm just going to start smashing my head against the wall. I think the reason I want a Guinness World Record so bad is I feel like there's only two types of people that have them. There's people that have a unique talent. They're just extra good at stuff. This guy could be extra good at smashing walnuts with his forehead. He could have that skill. He could be the Michael Jordan of this sport. Or people who are determined. And I think that that's the one that I would be, you know, like it shows how willing you are to commit to something until you achieve it. And I don't know if the walnut head smashing thing uh, sends the right message uh, in that second world. But I, that's why I want one. I just want I feel like that's a life achievement that you could put up on a pedestal somewhere or on a man. I think it would get you a billboard <laughs> you think so? yeah, okay. in, in Peoria that I would buy myself. Is yes, 100 <laughs> percent. I think you should do the world record on the billboard. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. There we go. There can't be a lot of them set on a billboard. That's got to be something I could do. Uh, Other stuff out there in the world that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, The top mistakes parents make uh, while getting kids ready for school. Uh, You're a parent. I am. Uh, You're probably not uh, getting your son ready for school anymore. He's a little bit older. He can probably get himself ready. He is doing that. At this point. Yes. I imagine at some point, though, it was challenging. Uh, Number one on this list, forgetting to pack lunch. Have you ever done that as a parent? There has been miscommunication, yes. <laughs> I will admit that on the air. I, I like the way you just said that. Did someone get mad at you for not packing there the lunch? There could have been a okay. disagreement there. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. So it was your job or it was somebody else's yes. job. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, oversleeping and running late is number two on this list. I don't have that problem. Okay, I yeah, know you're up very I'm early. I'm an early, early riser. Uh, forgetting to feed them breakfast, number three on this list. That's a big mistake. Yeah, that's not good. That's. I feel sorry for the teacher. I'm going to out my mom a little bit on number three, and I apologize to my mom for doing this. And it's not her fault. We weren't good at getting up. And by that, I mean my brother and I never wanted to get up, no matter how much my mom tried. I feel like she could have turned a hose on us at certain ages, especially in high school, and I would have just tried to sleep through it. But she eventually went to the um, breakfast milkshake, which was like an instant thing you put in a shake, Mm. and she handed it to you in the car as you were drowsy and going to school. Um, You know, so it it was breakfast. It had all the nutrients in it. It had all the ingredients in it. It was the only thing she felt comfortable feeding us in the car on the way to school, and we were not really willing to get up with enough time to do anything else. But we went to school at a different time. Like, now they offer breakfast at school. That's true. That's totally different, right? It's it's giving the the parents are off the hook. Uh Uh-oh, mom's texting. Oh, no. She just said, oh, no, to that. Uh, Yeah, no, I apologize. I apologize for all that. She says it was instant breakfast with an exclamation point. It had all the things breakfast is supposed to have. I love how she's defending this right now. (laughs) Like, it impacted your life so badly that... 
again, I, I'm, I'm not 100% trying to make her sound like the bad guy. We were unwilling to get up. She probably would have made us She's way nicer breakfast. She's doing the best she can. Or, uh, honestly, by the time I'm like 14, 15, I probably could be handling breakfast on my own. Would you have gotten up for a full breakfast, though? No, I okay. wouldn't. No, no, no. That's so it's not, not yeah. her fault. No, right, yeah. And I, I didn't mind the She the gave milkshake. you what you what I gave her. Yeah, yes. what I, what, yeah right. And, and I, I didn't mind it. I actually would like to start doing the milkshake again at some point. It's kind of a nice move. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, I like how supportive you are. Another one on this list, uh, dressing them in a mismatched outfit uh yep uh that's something that happened to me a lot yep i've done that okay uh we used to go my mom was a single mom so again i feel like i shouldn't tease for this this was you know great what we did but we used to go to like the thrift stores and they didn't have all the uniform pieces correctly so you had you had a collection of things so did you go to a school uniform i did we had uniforms yeah yeah we had like a a a code a dress code did you like Um, that or not like that I I did, but yeah. then I also I'm in favor of it. I also didn't have the cooler like there were still cool and uncool versions of stuff. Which is sad. It it's, is sad. It goes to that. The point. uniform is supposed to remove right. the, the coolness factor, but it's still there. Right now, yeah. And I, I had I remember there was one pair of pants. Um, and mom, I don't know how much this was your fault. So please don't get mad about this. <laughs> that I would go to school in and guys would tell me I needed to let the air out of them. They were like, did not fit me. <laughs> And I think there was, like, a, a couple weeks of that, and then eventually, like, Mercy set in, and we got me another pair. But there, there was a couple-week period there where, yeah, that was not fun. Uh, other things on this list, just real quick, uh, giving them the wrong backpack, uh, forgetting to pack specific school material or forgetting to pack extracurricular stuff like sports equipment, all that stuff. Uh, those are also on the list of things parents forget uh, with back-to-school. Um, do you like the back-to-school period did you ever like it uh, I, i've, I've it read was it was hard because the first day of school was typically my birthday oh, and gotcha. so the hard part is the teacher on the first day would say hey everybody write down your birthday we're going to celebrate mm-hmm. oh by the way we can't celebrate yours because it's today <laughs> so that, that was the guys, hard part yeah okay, yes. gotcha and then as a parent was the back to school thing something you enjoyed or something you you dreaded i dreaded a little bit okay especially yeah. I'll, I'll admit i cried when he was oh, really? kindergarten oh, I will oh, admit. Nice. yeah did you volunteer at the school at all Yes. My mom did that, too. Yeah. She was at the recess, you know, standing outside during the whole thing. I don't know if that was good or bad for me as a child, but she was there. Uh, so that's very nice. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to go to some news in just a bit. Uh, after the news, we have a lot more to talk about in the world of uh, all this, the craziness uh, that's out there. I do want to keep, I can't help it, uh, keep playing this Devin Archer, Tucker Carlson conversation uh, because I, I, I believe that if all you've heard is the mainstream media version of this and there's no smoking gun, there's no connection to Biden, uh, et cetera, et cetera, then you probably think that this is a nothing burger of a story. I assume a lot of my listeners have heard more than just that. Uh, but if not, I want to play a bunch of part two of Tucker Carlson and Devin Archer, which was released today on Twitter. Uh, and I'll just say this again. I know I said this um, uh, last week, but um, or no, just the other day, uh, Tucker Carlson getting this win, getting this interview is tremendous in the world of media, uh, at least for the significance of it. Uh, the idea that someone can gain a lot of attention, uh, put things on whatever platform they're on, on Twitter, it doesn't matter. He doesn't even have his own website. He's just putting it on a specific social media um, page uh, that is getting him a whole lot of views, uh, a whole lot of you know interaction and uh, valuable attention in the world of, of news and media, at least for me and for several others. So it, it says a lot about where we are in the media landscape. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Uh, Let's get straight to it. This is pretty interesting to me. Uh, As I've been talking about, I think one of the more significant things that happened this week 
And a lot of it happened behind closed doors. So we didn't know the transcript got released, uh, but you didn't really hear anything uh, from uh, the person himself. Was Devin Archer, the business partner of Hunter Biden, uh, testifying in front of Congress and having conversations about what it was like uh, to be in business with Hunter Biden, especially when his father was the um, was the vice president of the entire country? It's it's something. So I played this before. I'll probably keep playing this uh, just as probably the most significant moment in it. Because uh, Tucker says it just doesn't make sense, uh, the narrative coming out of the White House or the narrative in media, uh, that the president, then vice president, would know nothing about his son's business. There's no corruption here at all. This is totally normal. Joe Biden had no role whatsoever in uh, in his son's business or knowledge of it. But right. How would, I mean, that seems false. Yeah, I, th- I think that, yeah, I think that's, that's categorically false. I think that what, what the... He was aware of Hunter's business. He met with Hunter's business partners. He, I mean, you found a letter that that illustrates that he knew me. And I he's thanking you. <laughs> he's thanking you for so, his efforts. So I think that was, for, yeah, I think your efforts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that a that's a um, you know that's that's not factually right. And I got to be honest, the fact that um, this administration, that this president, that you know, people in media want you to believe that there is no. A chance that uh, the current president of the United States knew anything about this business deal or these business dealings, this work that Hunter was doing, treats you like you're an idiot. Um, and I'm trying to say that as nicely as I can. There's no other way to say it because it, it can't be possible uh, the more you hear. And I've I've used the caveat on this show before that we don't have the literal smoking gun of a deposit into a bank account that says Joe Biden as far as the name on it. We have some stuff pretty, pretty close to that. And so to think that Hunter would fly on Air Force Two uh, to places like Ukraine or China and then get off and Pop would just say, see you later, son. And then when he comes back, be like, hi, nice to see you again, son, and ask nothing about what he was doing. It's it's insane. And again, it it assumes that you are so willing to believe whatever they say that, you know what, uh, they can lie as as simplistically as humanly possible. Here's another moment. This is I I just really like the humanity of this. Uh, Tucker said laptop. And then he said a little bit more. And then you'll hear what the business partner of Hunter Biden thinks of the fact that the laptop from hell, as Trump described it, uh, made its way out into the world. Since the laptop came out, um, what do you think of that, by the way? The, the laptop. laptop? Yeah. Were you shocked by that? That was uh, that was a that was not great. Yeah, that was <laughs> obviously I'm oh, not great. That's <laughs> in the not great category. <laughs> uh-huh. Not great. Not great. great. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a real. Bummer, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the not great category. What did I think about it? I mean, it was absolute, it was an absolute shock that's perpetuated this, you know, kind of nightmare that I've been living for the last Did he call you when that came out? When the lap, no. Yeah. No, he did not. No, he didn't. He didn't have to reach out. I love uh, that version of that answer too, by the way, real quick, because if you, if you were in business uh, with someone and then a whole bunch of information leaks that's not really great for either one of you, it's probably the way you get on the phone with them if you don't want to sever the relationship forever. And it does, again, seem like that's what Devin Archer is doing throughout this appearance with Tucker Carlson is he's trying to, not that I think they have a relationship anymore, uh, not go full scorched earth against the Bidens, which makes him more believable. Uh, but that's that's the version of, hey, buddy, did you let the laptop out there? Is that yours? Is this a real story? That's not great for us. That's not going to look good uh, to a lot of people. Uh, here's one other moment that I thought was pretty interesting. What about gifts? And this is a part of the world where people give gifts. Right. And those gifts are a kind of non-taxable payment, you could argue. You could argue. You could argue. Uh, were there <laughs> gifts? Uh, there were, there was, yeah, there were some birth, birthday gifts. 
A watch. Watch. A watch. Just Timex kind of watch or? No. <laughs> what was the watch? I believe it was a, a Hubolt. A Hubolt. I'm, I'm not actually sure. I shouldn't even say that. But I, I don't know. But I know there's a birthday gift. I've also been refreshed in my memory through <laughs> the series of <laughs> documents that have been put in front of Yeah, through your testimony to the Congress. <laughs> you know, might have met him in. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so a, a watch like that would cost like ballpark? You know, fifty to to $100,000. Fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. Very nice birthday gift. Uh, very good to be on that uh, mailing list, I guess, or on that uh, birthday card. Uh, that's just that's just crazy. And again, this is all just stuff that, if you choose to believe uh, that Devin Archer is just full of crap, he's just a guy lying. Uh, he's just a guy that is out there trying to paint a picture to to hurt someone, or he's politically been motivated to do it. Uh, then I have news for you. You believe in conspiracy theory. I just want you to know, whoever you are listening, that if you think that every single part of what I just played can't possibly be true, there's no scenario where you would believe it because people are motivated to say things and do things uh, that are completely dishonest out in the world, uh, then whether or not you connect those dots, uh, that is the same as any conspiracy theory that someone on the other side of the aisle uh, might say about someone else. Uh, who winds up making a claim of some kind that they disbelieve, whatever that claim might be, uh, even a claim like the election was on the up and up. Uh, these are all things uh, that happen uh, in the world every single day as far as conversations go. And I just find that parallel uh, uniquely interesting and one that I think a lot of people aren't aware of. All right, some other things out there. I'll bring in my buddy who's in studio, uh, Dan Lloyd. He is the unofficial producer of this show today and has been at other times um, uh, during our friendship. Uh, you found this crazy story out of Somalia about a athletics chair that got suspended. Do you want to give us a little bit more information here? Well, he uh, did not do as well as he should have done. <laughs> it's the best way to put right. it. So you're being Devin Archer now. You're like, it was not great. <laughs> this is a bummer that this happened. So uh, the Ministry of Youth and Sports was suspended. Uh, the chairwoman of the country's Athletics Federation and is set to initiate legal action after a female sprinter took more than 21 seconds to complete the 100 meters at the World University Games. Uh, that's a long time, right? 21 seconds is not It's good. a pretty long time, <laughs> but I was thinking that we could go down to the street, do a remote, and see how much that would, if we could outrun that. <laughs> yeah, if we could do faster than yes. that? Okay, yeah. In different ways and styles. So the accusation is that there's some nepotism going on, there's some favoritism, there's some people who probably aren't... Uh, gifted enough to be in these races that are getting placed in these races. I would agree with that. <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny? I do not think they were drug tested yeah. after that race. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know what I think is really funny about that is how obvious that would be. Uh, you know, as that happened and that this would ha this is like something you'd have to do. There there's no way that you could although I wish that there's the the sports um post-game interview thing where it's just like oh, I had a bad day. It was just one off day. <laughs> Leg cramps. <laughs> Lots yeah. of them. Yeah, no, it's really – usually it's much faster. It's much better. Um, but, yes, this is the accusation. This is the problem, and this is uh, the end result. Do you think that there were phone calls or texts uh, from uh, this this chairwoman uh, to the person they were letting run the race being like, please, please train a little. Please try to be somewhat good at this if I'm putting you in this race so it's not as obvious as it's going to be and then 21 seconds. I am sure that there was some motivation there. <laughs> oh, yeah. They like some training videos were texted over. I can't imagine the look on their face when they went out to go watch them, like, yeah. training. The Rocky Four training thing yes. was all sent? Yeah, okay, good. It, it, except it was Rocky in the pool in, in Rocky <laughs> Three when he was barely swimming. That's oh, yeah. what you were watching. Okay, no, don't do that. Yeah, that's a bad version. Um, Rocky Four is the better training montage. Yes, 100%. It's not, it's not the better movie. No. But it's the better training montage. No. Yes. Yeah, because he's, he's in the wilderness. Yes. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah. The one running on the beach, is that the other one you like? I think that's Rocky Three. That's three. Yeah, but okay. I'm saying when he goes and swims in the pool. Okay, but that's also Rocky Three. That is so, three. Yeah, yeah, yes. Arca. Um the best training montage. I could do a whole hour on Rocky. <laughs> Don't get <laughs> me, me started on Rocky. Me too. I once watched all five of those movies at my aunt's house. I was like twelve. And I found out that she had all five, and someone let me put in the first tape at, like, 7 o'clock at night. And then they woke up the next morning, and there I was uh, watching Tommy Gunn. And it, it's a terrible movie to end five on. Five, yes, <laughs> yes. Terrible. I am so glad he made right. Balboa. Yeah, I know. I know. Thank God. I was yes. very upset he wasn't in Creed Three. That was a sad yeah, thing. Yeah, he's, he's gotten screwed. Yeah. And he's talked about it yes. a little bit. That yes. He wrote and created Something all these characters. Mean, they can, okay. But they can keep that story going forever. Best Rocky movie, not best training montage. Which one is it? One. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to say that, though, right? Because he wins in two. Well, it like one two. because of the fact that it parallels his own life. Yeah. Okay. One is the best written. One's the one that got nominated for all the awards. And how they made it was incredible. Yes. How they made it was. This, we really could do. Uh, sorry to anyone Easily. that doesn't care about Rocky. Easily. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Apparently. Uh, quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3. WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. My buddy, Dan Lloyd, unofficial producer, a friend of the show, is hanging out. Uh, let me ask you a question. You wake up, you look at the bank account, $65,000 has mysteriously been deposited into your account. What do you do? Do you ask questions? Do you start spending it? Uh, do you just wait and see? Uh, what is your decision there? $65,000. Is gone? No, it's there. Oh, it's there. You, you have 65000 more than you had the night before. I'm an honest guy. I'm calling the bank. Okay. Yeah. That's the right answer, by the way, because the bank can figure out that they made a 100%, mistake. 100%. Yes. And then eventually you're in trouble for a lot of stuff. 100%. Even, even if it's in your bank account, uh, this is something you're not allowed to just do. Uh, a woman in Sydney, Australia had this happen to her recently. $65,215 accidentally transferred into her bank account. And again, um, she didn't do anything. She didn't call the bank, which is you're actually also allowed to do that. You could wait and see. You could sit on it as long as you want. The conscience to. has got to be eating at you yeah. as you're, you're yeah. spending this. It's the Edgar Allan Poe. It's the 100 percent, yep, yeah, the beating heart under yeah. the table. But yeah, you're you're just thinking, you're wondering. Uh, but eventually they figured it out and they asked for that money back. Uh, but she asked the question, and the internet was curious. What would you do? Uh, maybe like spend like a little, like a few hundred bucks. A whoopsie. No, okay. <laughs> no. You know, I'm not saying no. it's not the right decision. I know it's not the right decision. Uh, by the way, Brett Brooks just sat in studio. I could ask her the same question. How yes. are you doing? By How the way? are you doing? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Uh, Sixty-five thousand dollars appears in your bank account. Mm. All of a sudden, what do you do? Well, I owe Eastern Illinois University and University of Illinois sixty-four thousand. <laughs> so you you pay it. I got it. <laughs> and you say you're sorry at some point. Yeah, no, that happened. And again, the correct answer, and I'm sure Brett was just joking, is is wait or tell the bank because you can't keep money that's yeah. not yours. Uh, take, and they'll probably come looking for it, too. Yeah. So then I'd right. rather just pay it off and yeah. just unless, see it. Unless there's someone that like is that wealthy out there that they don't notice it, that they, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I wish that was me. <laughs> I wish that was me, too. Uh, TikTok users share details about a strategy, and I kind of love that I now have a, a female guest and a male guest on the show at the same time for this. Uh, the strategy is about a relationship. And it's it's um, a specific moment. And we're going to talk about going to the bathroom, by the way, Brett. If you want to uh, plead out at some point, that's totally okay. Okay. Uh, the woman said you have to be very careful about when you choose to break the going number two in somebody else's house rule uh, in the world of a relationship. This is not early on. This is something that you you really debate. Um, Dan, I know you saw this video. Do you want to go first in some of this? Do you want to say what they say? That's a stressful moment. <laughs> <laughs> like I've had to plan at the first date if I've had to go during the dinner. The oh, how yeah. fast? How fast? How long am I going in there? And there's oh, yeah. one time it took a while because there was a line and I had to come back out and keep saying, mm. 
there was a long line. Yeah. There was a long line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. You definitely have to explain any part of that if yes. you're gone for more than a couple minutes. Yes. As a guy. More 100%. than Because yeah, they can be pampering. They right. can be doing other. Okay, cool. So what do you think uh, the answer is as far as what she says, as far as the tips go out there for the, the TikTok expert? It can make or break the relationship okay. if you right, can't yeah. be honest about yeah. it. All right. So it's, it's just a, a Everybody Poops is a book that's out there. I'm just going to throw that out there for anyone that wants to read it. I'm glad I said that <laughs> on the radio. Brett, do you want to weigh in? Do you want to be a part of this or I no? have no comments. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Is this only a guy thing? Would only guys think about stuff like this? Yeah. I think okay. as a girl, I'm very self-conscious about that. Okay. Gotcha. Very. So, okay. Yeah. So it is on your brain, too. It's not just us. We're not just alone in this. All right. I'll move on. I won't make us continue <laughs> to, to struggle on every part of this. Uh, my neighbor's cat uses my uh, garden as its litter box. Uh, this is a story out of the UK. And then the neighbor is not cleaning it up. Uh, she's telling the person who owns the uh, garden that it's on them. Uh, how would you behave in this situation? This is a bunch of what would you do? I'm putting it right back in their yard. Okay. You would scoop it and you would petty it? Somehow. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I love that move. And then would you even talk to anybody about it or no? I would talk to them. Okay. All right. Brent? Yeah, I, I would talk. I would, I would probably put something down like, uh, I know dogs don't like peppermint, something mm-hmm. to detract from the cat to get into my yard in the first place. Gotcha. Maybe like some spikes. No, I'm just kidding. Sure, yes. <laughs> right. Something like a uh, some sort of like shock fence or something. No, I'm kidding yes. too. Um I don't know what I would do in this situation because I, I talked about this, and I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember this? We talked about this last time. A few months ago yeah. um, on my show. Uh, my dog, a little puppy, when I first got her, like four or five months, loved to go in my neighbor's yard. Loved, and it was in the winter. It's like there was snow and stuff, and she wouldn't go in my backyard, and I'd be standing out there uh, freezing. And then if I let her out of my um, you know, backyard fence, she'd go straight to my neighbor's yard, and it would be over in seconds. And so a temptation grew inside me to take her over there and then scoop it. I would never have left it. I never left it. But it was just so quick and it was so cold and it was so late at night sometimes. Would we judge me if I maybe did do this at some point? That's as long nice. as you're cleaning it up, yeah, it's right, okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why she preferred it. I don't know what my dog hated about my neighbor. I don't know what the fight there was. There could be an animal buried. Was it buried. in the same consistent spot in their yard? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, she'd like established her spot, yeah. right? And That's then impressive. Eventually, I trained her into my yard. But it, it was just amazing because like any second that she got loose, it seemed like all – I think like even if she didn't have to go, she just all of a sudden found a way to go if she was in that other yard. And my neighbor never brought it up. I talked about it on the radio. I made enough jokes that I'm pretty sure she heard about it, but <laughs> she's never asked me once. So I guess that's that's where we're at there, and I hope it's good. Um, uh, Brett, uh, let me throw to you for a bit. Yes. Uh, you brought in a friend. Um, you brought in a friend that's going to talk about um, Barbie, the movie, correct? Yes, did you see okay. it? I have still not seen it. No. Did oh, you see it? Yes, I did. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, I, I, I failed in our, um, our agreement to see it. Uh, who's your friend? What's his name? This is Mike Jojo Winters. Mike, uh, I turned your microphone on. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. So you're um, a movie a filmmaker? Yeah, yeah. Uh, independent filmmaker or independent producer, whatever. Got to do with camera and shooting. That's all I'm in for. Okay, got it. Is that what it says on the business card? Got to do with cameras and I got you? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's a great business card, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's got to do with cameras. So um, what kind of movies have you made? Um, so right now I'm focusing on uh, shooting shorts with uh, messages for the youth because okay. I work with the youth as well. So. Yeah. I just, there's a lot going around in the city dealing with the youth, so I was just like, I gotta be something that, you know, they they can see it's another option besides like the basketball and stuff of that nature. And this is faith based. Correct, correct, correct. Uh, God gave me the vision. It was like, hey, just do what you gotta do, and I did it. So everything is kind of based on Bible verses at the end. Uh, the first one I released is based on the book of Proverbs, because 
I don't know if your listeners out here are faith-based, but Proverbs got a lot of life lessons that even relates to now. Sure. That um, comes in handy. And um, just seeing the kids partake, you know, partake in something that's different and out the norm for them, and they love it. And so I was in the studio for hours helping out me and uh, my friend. His name is Scott, Scott T., he has a little studio that me and him have been networking and partnering with, so okay. it's been doing great. So uh, your uh, you know plan is to release videos for uh, youth within Peoria Correct. with faith as a message. Mm-hmm. Have a lot of people told you that like faith is not something the youth have? Because uh, I've seen a lot of data that younger people aren't as faithful to any religion. I yeah. talk about my Catholicism on the air sometimes mm-hmm. uh, compared to past generations. There's a challenge there in the world of faith and and most people, you know, under the age of, say, 40. I think that is also uh, true, but people got to understand what's going on. If you look what's going around in the world, you got to understand something that's happening that don't need to be happening. Sure. And um, the messages that I'm trying to bring is basically it can showcase the real-world settings and real-world situations. And then apply faith to it. Then apply faith yeah, to it, because a lot you. of stuff, like, growing up, if you ever seen stuff, like, on TV, and it was, yes, Jesus is awesome, and all that stuff, like... That doesn't feel real no, enough. No, it didn't feel real yeah. for me, you know? So, yeah. at the end of the day, if we show, like, uh, the movie that's out now is about a little girl, she was being lazy, and it's, I think the chapter goes, like, laziness brings about poverty, hard works make you rich. And gotcha. you relate that in life. Anybody want to be lazy, you're not going to get rich. Yeah, you know? no, totally understand. Yeah. I, I love it, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more in a bit, and we're going to talk about the Barbie movie, which Brett Brooks, great that we brought in somebody to discuss that. Um, but I was wondering if it was, like, sort of a twofold challenge, educating people, younger people, about faith in general, and then educating people about how faith connects to the things that are going on in life. Uh, but we'll talk about that more in just a bit. Uh, we got a whole bunch of people in studio. Uh, you got the um, news coming up with Julia Bradley doing double duty. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, lots and lots of stuff, as I always say, to talk about. I got a bunch of guests in studio. We're going to start with Brett Brooks, uh, reporter, 25 News. Um, you were at the St. Jude uh, start of the St. Jude runner where they get in the bus and kind of go to Memphis. Yes. Um, the second year you've been able to cover this. Uh, what are some of your reactions to the um, – this has been a long-running thing in the area, and I think it's raised um, like $70 million or something like that. So yeah, it's not crazy. I actually had the, those numbers in my story when I reported on it. I think it's $10 million last year alone that they mm-hmm. raised. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. I mean, I think it's – I was, you know, I was a runner. Can oh, nice. That? Oh, nice. Yeah, that makes sense. I only went to about 100 meters at a time. Sure. But Did you run it in 21 seconds or quicker? The reason I asked is we did a story earlier. <laughs> Dan Lloyd, uh, unofficial producer of the show, had a story about someone this who did a This could be interesting. Second. I think we, she you could need, crush it, I think. You need to race her. Oh, uh, no, I don't want to do that. I think that would be I awesome. That? I could do 100 meters in less than 21 seconds. Yeah, I know. Sure. I know oh, you, oh, most people can. Oh, the Somalian lady? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You saw that, too? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. My best time. When I first started running the 100, it was... 15 seconds. 15 seconds. That was okay. my very first time timing gotcha. myself in sixth grade. So you could run for Somalia, apparently, uh, as yes. long as you're friends with the right people. That's the other. That's, <laughs> what's that? That's uh, yes, 100%. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I do not want to race Brett Brooks, by the way. I know I'll lose, and I know it won't look good. I, what uh, if, no. if we gave you a head start? Uh, how much of a head start? I don't know, but this could be interesting. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we'll debate it. I hate that you're here now all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but, yeah, so uh, obviously a pretty emotional, pretty cool thing. Did you get to talk to any of the runners? Did you get any cool stuff? stories from uh, yes. hanging out with them? So one of the runners who we had an opportunity to talk to name was Oh Uh-oh. that's I don't have it in front of me right now. Uh, I, I put I you on the spot. Remember, yeah. I can I'm gonna try. That's okay. 
We'll, we'll get it in a okay, second. Anyway, so yep. he had a double knee replacement surgery. Right. Yes. I remember we talked about this a little bit last week, too. Yes. yes. And it's pretty interesting how his story kind of came full circle mm-hmm. because he started off running in one of the very first races mm-hmm. when he was younger. Scott Elger? Scott. I knew it started with the S. Mm-hmm. I, was, I knew You were close. You were close. Yeah, I could see it. And so, um, yeah, he started running with the St. Jude Mifitori run very early back in the day in the 80s. Sure. And so now last year, I guess he couldn't run as much. And so he had double knee replacement surgery. And now wow. he's back out there running again four wow. months after surgery. That's amazing. Yeah. And makes me feel even worse about the fact that I'm not doing it. Um, but the other stuff out there, too, there were a couple other things you covered. <laughs> I just throw that out there uh, just to tell myself I got to do it at some point. Uh, the St. Jude Telethon. You'll also be a part of that for WEEK. Yes. So as always, when the St. Jude runners make it to Peoria, they head to the Civic Center and there is, we have the telethon for WEEK. You're going to see a lot of celebrity people answering the phones over there, including some of my, my coworkers. Nice. And so I did have those numbers of how much the telethon actually made, but I cannot find it I now. I think it was a little of over course. $70 million. I think I might have seen that, too. Over the course of the, the whole 40 years of the um, – uh, or no, you're talking about the telethon now. I meant the run. Um, yes. Oh, here yes. it goes. For 45 years of telethon, 1978 to 2002, 168,711,105 million wow. That's raised. awesome. Last year alone was $76 million. That's awesome. No, between 1982 and 2022 was $76 million yeah. Very cool. So that is something that's going on this weekend. Then one other last thing, I know you'll be covering uh, the River City Soul Fest. Is that something you're going to be going yes, to? Yes, I'm going to the Soul okay. Fest. So nice. as part of the Peoria Park District, which is why I wanted to mention it, mm-hmm. they're bringing this R&B Grammy-nominated artist, Joe. He's one name, Joe. Sure. It's just one name. That's nice. And he's very popular back in the 90s. Joe, uh, Joe, you know Joe, right? A little bit of Joe's music? Yeah. He has some songs people may know if they just look up his name. Okay. Um, I Want to Know, All the Things. He was part of that era of the nice 90s love music. Sure, sure, cool. And so he'll be down here at Soul awesome. Fest. It's happening at the riverfront at 6 o'clock on Saturday. Brent Brooke rec- recommends you go to that. Um, so we'll bring in your guest. Uh, you brought in another friend of yours. He is a filmmaker uh, who's making films for a very cool reason, and we can reset it one more time if you want to, Javon, and tell us uh, why you're putting some films out. You've put like three short films up on social media and on YouTube, and you're planning on making more. Uh, what's the uh, intention behind him? Yeah, so the intention is, again, bring just a uh, Awareness to the youth, and then give you something you know fun to do. Um, it's all faith based. Some sure. of it will be faith based. Again, um, shout outs to Scott T. Um, he's one of the guys that we. It's funny how we met, but it's like he's been a blessing. Um, he's a very creative filmmaker as well. Yeah. So I will say his last name, but I just call him Scott T. I don't want to. Sure. You know, no, it's fine. That's fine. Mispronounce it. So right. Scott, if you listening, man, and my fault. But. Uh, Huh? 411 Media. Yeah, 411 Media. 411 Media. Gotcha. Good and, guy. And all um, this is is to try to help people uh, that are going through a lot of stuff or just the yeah, world cause we I work with, right Yeah, because I work with kids. Like, I work with the youth. I've been working with the youth for about 12 years, and um, I've seen the good, bad, and the ugly working with the youth. You know, I was at Dream Center. Now I'm at Salvation Army. Gotcha. And it was just like, it's got to be another out where they can express themselves or in their creativity with their arts and just seeing kids read a script and try to memorize a script, the smile on their face and seeing it when they look and yeah. when they see each other on YouTube, they're like, oh, we're going to be on Netflix. We're going to be on Disney, you well, know. Let me ask you something, spark. actually. But I apologize to put you on the seat mm-hmm. uh, with this. And we didn't kind of plan this. Uh, Brett has been very kind to bring in some people, and there's usually a, another focal thing. And I know we're going to mention something about the Barbie movie. Um, <laughs> but I've talked to um, Eric Echeverria, the police chief in, in Peoria, a couple mm-hmm. times. And I've talked to some other people uh, in the community. And, and I've wondered a lot about a trend we're seeing. Uh, the crimes that are committed, the violent ones, and even some of like the, the carjackings, are young people. The, the age of these individuals is getting a lot younger. And it's something 
to think about the amount of life that's being given up for someone who gets caught doing some of these really bad. And you said you've seen some of the ugly in, in mm-hmm. the world we live in, yeah. or at least in our community. And so I wonder, and this is a very specific question, how you reach people at those ages, 15, 16 years old, uh, maybe even younger in some cases, who are already in a place that used to take longer to find, mm-hmm. um, maybe mentally, maybe for some other reason. And then again, some of these things that we're seeing and, and some of the the things that the police department in Peoria has told me about is the unique uptick for that you know age group. How do you get people to, to turn around? How do you get people to not see that as their path in life? Well, when you're going into that, you have to realize, like, these are human beings. They're not like robots. You can't program to be good within five minutes, sure. ten minutes, you know, because we was all teenagers. You know, we all did crazy stuff growing up. I've never it, robbed a, I've never taken a car. I've never carjacked. Yeah. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but so the circumstance and environment that they're in, the people that you might look up to or some people look up to, they look up to certain other things that lead to negativity route. Sure. You know, and so, like, growing up, if – it ain't if it's good, it's bad. But if it's bad, it's good. You know. So, so are you saying that um, some people grow up idolizing those who do similar things? To what yeah, we're because seeing? if you look at it like that, like if you look at a certain person having a lot of money, but he getting illegally, but all you know and all you see is poverty, you gonna want to do that. Right. You know, you don't want to be a. You don't see doctors or lawyers in your area that where you stay at. You see yeah. the guy doing this and doing that. So, so no, I understand. I, I appreciate it. you've defined the problem. I'm asking, uh, and it sounds like it's part of your focus with your videos. Mm-hmm. How the solution is executed? How we find a way to reach people? And I've I've said a lot personally without knowing, and I admit that I don't know. I'm a white guy in my 30s. Um, that the community has to help their own. The community has to be the one to reach out because those voices matter more to the people who are struggling. I don't think the outside voices matter as much. Any of the youth that I've met, especially when I was at some other radio stations and had some of these conversations, there was an attitude of that person doesn't understand, so their opinion's not really helpful, Uh, which makes me think that what you're doing will have a greater impact than what people outside of the community try to do. Uh, So so how do you uh, find a way to convince someone that seems very convinced of a lot of things in life that there's there's alternatives. Well, let's start with like open CERN. You got to meet them where they at. Okay, you got to understand what the kids want to do. Um, for instance, uh, one of the big um, pull at the Salvation Army at that time was basketball. Um, so if certain kids like to do certain things, you need to find what they do. Then it takes a village. So it takes adults that's willing to sacrifice that time if it's two or three hours out that day yeah. talking to that individual now I'm, i mean like not like preaching to them like no you do this you're going to hell no like understand what they're talking about because once a kid once you gain a kid's trust and confidence the relationship is built i think and that's the key because i don't think that trust is as easily gained by people who aren't within the community right correct you have it, to be in the community you have to, to be gain in the there, trust and you have to show them that they care because they come okay. from a household where men in and out all the time you know so let me ask you one other thing how do people who are outside of the community help how does someone like me help uh if i'm incapable of say um generating a conversation mm-hmm. that'll help change somebody's opinion on something it all starts with volunteering like gotcha. you can go out to certain organizations that have after school programs and if you feel uncomfortable with okay talking to them direct you can start off with probably helping them out with homework or helping yeah. them out reading a book and yeah. then that rela- then it, then the kids get used to seeing you if it's monday 
Wednesday, if it's Monday, Wednesday for six months, they know every yeah. Monday you come in, every Wednesday you come in. Then a relationship, then they start opening up. Then you can start talking to them more because you're a familiar face Demonstrating to them Demonstrating you're reliable. Yeah, you're not a stranger to them anymore. Because there's not a lot of reliability uh, for some of those kids in their lives? Correct, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, that's an interesting conversation. I apologize for putting you on the hot seat and doing that instead of the uh, Barbie movie. No, that's okay. But it's it's <laughs> unique, and I think the work you're doing, and especially these videos you're putting up and the, the faith approach you're taking to them is, is really valuable. Can I add something, too? Yeah. I think it is important to think that representation matters because it's not just young boys, too. It's young girls as well. And when I was able to go to some of the schools out here and I tell them what I'm doing, a lot of them are really impressed. And I'm like, well, you can do this, too. This is how I got, the, got here. Yeah. So I think a lot of times it's just their role models currently currently aren't the best role models. So you need to kind of put yourself into a position where you are that role model that they can look up to. Well, and tell me if I'm wrong in saying this, and I don't, I don't want to say something that makes either of you upset at all, um, but I know it's, it's, a, it's a truth. The community is hurting itself. Uh, the people who are doing these acts, whether it's stealing somebody else's car or, or harming somebody or the, the violence we see in certain communities, it's on the community that people live in. Uh, they're not going outside of their community and hurting people in other parts of, of this community or anywhere else in the country. Um, there's a unique, you know, um, motivation that should exist uh, within uh, certain parts of our country to help people not do these things because the target of the violence are, are people who live right next door. I mean, because hurt people hurt people, though. Yes. You understand that? Right. So, hurt, so if you all in a situation environment, you all feeling that same yeah, no, I, pressure I, and pain. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to say that to, to cast blame in any sort of way, and I totally understand what you mean by that. But, but the thing that I think gets lost sometimes when we talk about this and people just talk about the violence on the south side of Chicago or however you want to say it is – that violence is hurting the community uh, that the, um, you know, uh, people uh, don't live in who are talking about it the most. You know, the, the talking heads on, on television aren't living in the areas where the violence occurs and aren't the ones who are, are you know, at risk. Um, I lived on the south side of Chicago for a little bit, and I know the difference of living on the north side and the south side and, you know, the kind of uh, things going on. And, and, again, the violence was people who lived in the community and were um, causing, you know, things uh, within those same people. I don't know. I feel like that matters uh, in how we discuss this because I think that's why the solution from uh, people who can be trusted uh, with inside uh, certain parts of our country is, is such an important factor in getting us beyond that stuff. Because it comes down to you walk the walk or talk the talk. Like yeah. you said, people on TV saying this and that, but are they willing to go to the community and volunteer their hours to see why is this child doing that? Sure. Instead yeah. of just talk to their friends or go to the news channel like, it's over with, the, the community is destroyed, but what are you doing to help that? Because if that community gets destroyed, where do you think they're going to go to next? Well, I mean, so far we haven't seen that, though. I, yeah, I, I but I'm saying yeah. something could always brew. Like, the pot sure. always brew, and it could always spill over to the next. I understand. Um, all right. Uh, so we're going to, as sloppily as the transition is going to go from something as serious, and thank you again both for, for talking about that, to something uh, very silly. Uh, the Barbie movie is gaining a lot of um, um, traction. Uh, it's done really, really well at the bo box office. And, Brett, you saw it over the weekend, uh, which we both said we were going to do. I did not go see it. Not because I said no. We just wound up with other stuff we were going to do. And I still am willing to see it at some point. Um, and then you brought in uh, your media filmmaker friend uh, to discuss it. So what do you guys, what you think? I, I didn't like the movie. Not at all? Mm, not from a movie-making person mindset, no. Why not? Because I, I think it was just doing a lot. I think it was doing a lot when it comes to special effects. The storytelling was kind of subpar to me. I didn't like a lot of the shot selections. The things that I look at when I watch a movie, I don't really like oh, it. Oh, as a media person, yes. As a media person, yeah. What I about the, the, the story? The storyline with Ken, 
like that you mentioned last week, uh-huh. I think it was interesting to see him because he started off with, like not having any confidence and then finding that confidence through misogyny and patriarchy, which was kind of an interesting dialogue. Well, I but think. I think the movie is trying to criticize those things. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, but they was kind of doing it in a satire-ish way. Yeah. And I just think it was just kind of silly at the end because... That it's a Barbie movie that has those things in there? Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't think that... It didn't have to be specifically about Barbie. This could have been a movie in anything. We didn't have to put Barbie's name attached yeah, to it. It right. could have been a situation. But I think if we were going to tell the story of Barbie and the history of Barbie, which is how it started off, it should have had a way different ending, okay. honestly. I didn't like the whole discussion about it. And it was more so kind of reverse because the guys ended up gaining, gaining confidence towards the end, which is fine. But I just did not. The I story arc had a salvation moment for men. And that was yes. a weird thing in the Barbie movie. Okay, I got you. I understand that. I get um, yeah. yeah. No, that's I haven't, a good way of putting I haven't, it. I haven't seen it. Um, but um, that's And then also, Javon, what did you want to say about the Barbie movie? Did you see it? I know that she brought you in to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Um, I like the effects. It kind of reminds me of Elf. You've yeah. seen the movie yeah, Elf. Yeah, I like that when movie. when you come to New York. Yes. To own the uh, ice cube, it's like the animation effects yep. or whatever. Yeah. So that, but my problem I had with that movie was like, they was man bashing like real bad. Some of the <laughs> stuff was like... Like, some of the stuff was exaggerated, like, yeah. to the point. Right. So, That's like, what a lot of people have like, as a problem with the movie. Not, a lot of dudes like, have I felt, as a problem it, with I the movie. I felt, like, offended. I was like, what? Like, dudes, we act like that, but we don't act, like, over the top like that. <laughs> right. But I think that's the that, to me, was... In, interesting as a critique because it's like you might think that's over-exaggerated but as a girl is like no this is actually actual conversation well so here i I don't need to have an opinion on uh, whether or not the movie is correct or incorrect and how it craps on men Uh, what i think is funny is that it craps on men for a barbie movie i think that's the part that's (laughs) most interesting to me because like and i remember uh reading and we've got to take a break so i'll just throw this out there and then we'll break there used to be a different director and a different writer attached to it at first, and they both walked away. They said creative differences. I don't know if they wanted to make more of like a Lego movie where it's just about Barbie and it's just silly, and maybe there's an uplifting everybody is awesome message and yes. not necessarily a, a different thing. That's how I would have accepted yeah. it. Yeah, because it did seem weird that you have what is described very easily as a feminist movie crammed into Barbie um, and then also a lot about the guys, not necessarily a lot about – uh, the women, as it sounds like to take. But now I, now I definitely have to see it. Uh, but I loved Javon. How, just, just a lot of man bashing, just all over it the entire time. Uh, um, did you think any of it was funny? Um, Only, no. Nah. I mean, the con- <laughs> no. The, no, that's no, fine, that's fine. Let's yeah, just yeah, end it yeah. that. The Could competition you, between yeah. the guy that played Shane Yee off of Marvel and yeah. the, they just had a little man, you know, manly competition. That was funny. But they both named was Ken, so. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, okay, got it. Did, did you think that was funny? No, not really. All right. And uh, did you like it or no? You said no. No, okay. I would probably give it a seven out of ten. Seven out seven out of ten is pretty high though, still. Because I mean, it was a good movie yeah. for the most part. I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. I just okay. personally didn't like it. I got you. And uh, what do you want to rate it out of ten? Um, no comment out of ten. Uh, no comment out of ten. <laughs> Quick break. <laughs> a lot funny. more. Fourteen seventy. One hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Fourteen seventy. One hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, my buddy Dan Lloyd, unofficial producer Dan, is hanging out in studio all day today. And my wife just walked in studio, uh, and I just told her Betty's uh, Spanish word of the day. And then you looked at me and you said, "No, Craig, I don't have a word of the day." But you speak fluent Spanish, Betty. Yeah, that's true. I do. So you can come up with one. You, we can figure one out for you. Is that okay? Can I ask you to do one? Yes. Still? Okay. 
Uh, how are you doing? How was your day? Good. Uh, I just told Dan that I'm a little bit tired. but And then I made I you went, get on the radio. Yes. Because people love you. You're the best part of the show. <laughs> if you don't get on the show every day, I'm fired in like two months, I think. No, I, no, no. I'm totally no. screwed. I can, I'm going to keep praying for you, Craig. Thank you. That's very sweet. <laughs> she's, she's got a candle at home. You think oh, that's yes, funny. Yes. You think that's funny. I do. I she's do got like a candle candles. at home. She yes. lights the candle. She says a prayer, and I'm like, this probably isn't good. I always like we candles this when yeah. okay. somebody needs help. Uh, you're rocking a Yankee shirt today, by oh, the way. Oh, yes. A huge... Uh, and you Letters. got teased by um, our program director, by uh, Rick Hirschman, who's a Rick. who's a Mets fan, yes. a dirty Mets fan. Even though they <laughs> sold their whole team, I know they sold their whole team off. Yeah, fan. gone. And not not a good year for them. I love that you rep the Yankees. I love that you're defending them. Yeah, it is Friday, and okay. even though they are not doing pretty well, I hey, still hey, like. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> not, not that part. They won last night. That's pretty good. Um, uh, what else is going on for you, Betty? Uh, how are you uh, doing as far as all the work? You get everything done today. Uh, you oh, feel no. Good? This time no? I couldn't. I mean, I Can just got so many, like, um, okay. orders or, like, a billion pages that they require, like, a lot of, like, detail, like mm-hmm. little tiny details. Gotcha. So that so you got takes a lot going on on yes. Monday. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, one thing I want to just ask you both about that I saw out there, and I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, but I think, Betty, since your family has a farm, you might have a unique opinion on this. Uh, it's so hot that in some parts of the world, watermelons are exploding. They're fermenting and they're I blowing hear you. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that story? Yeah, well. That's, have you ever had that challenge on your farm? Any of your uh, tomatoes ever blow up? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, good. Good. <laughs> no, no, they actually, like, uh, if they uh, run out of water, they mm-hmm. start to, to shrivel. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The yeah. opposite. The yeah, opposite. Okay. okay, got it. How would you feel if uh, watermelons were blown up on a farm? Well, where is this part that uh, you are talking about? Uh, it's not here. I, yes. I don't know exactly. Uh, some parts of the world, they're putting up videos where it's happening. I don't think it's anywhere close to us. That's crazy, okay. though. Yeah. Global warming is real, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, um, what's the word of the day? Spanish word of the day for Cotorro, you, Cotorro, Craig. Cotorro. <laughs> what does Cotorro mean? I, I did it right? Cotorro. Cotorro. I can't roll my R. Cotorro. Now, look at you trying to do it, Dan. <laughs> what does that word mean? C-O-R-R-R-O. Cotorro. Cotorro. Uh, it's a parrot. It's a parrot. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Very awesome. Uh, why Cotorro yes. for today? Because the first word I have you like a Cotorro at home. Oh, oh. <laughs> you have this is the Cotorro you're talking about. <laughs> All right. I will take a break. The Cotorro Collins show is going to take a quick break. <laughs> a lot more in a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. It is the top five at five. Uh, there's a bunch of brand new equipment in studio, so I totally screwed up. And I don't have the intro ready. But I do have a guest. Uh, Dan DiOrio from our morning show is here. Dan, how are you doing, buddy? Good. You know, we had the new equipment in, and we had a lot of screw-ups, but no one can tell from our normal screw-ups. So that's okay. <laughs> that's good. Yes, we we try to keep the standard there uh, anyway. Uh, so let's get right into it. Yeah. This is the top five at five, uh, the five biggest stories of the day. I'm going to go in order. Uh, I usually don't, but I'm going to try to put them in order. And I'm actually going to start at number two on the list, then do number one, then Quentin Tarantino it back to the ones that matter less. Uh, but I think these are the two All biggest right. stories of the day. Uh, there's a Twitch streamer. Uh, that has caused so much chaos in downtown New York City. Uh, this story broke a couple hours ago. Uh, teenagers rioted in uh, Union Square. Uh, that things are just nuts. Um, the Twitch streamer is in custody uh, by the New York police. Uh, you see a lot of these um, viral videos, uh, influencer or someone with a few million followers or more uh, that does some crazy random giveaway or something on the street. Uh, this one, obviously, uh, enough uh, information getting out there before it occurs that there was basically a mob. What is your response or your, your thoughts, Dan, about a Twitch streamer that caused essentially a riot in downtown New York City? 
Okay, my initial, and I was looking at the video today, my initial thing is if you as a brick and mortar, let's say, human being, want to do a giveaway and all this and that, you got to get permits. you got to get all this other stuff you got to do. And on social media, it bypasses. It's a flash mob. And so uh, it's hard for law enforcement and those who are trying to control things because they don't have to get a permit. They just put it out on social media. It's like a flash mob on yeah. a negative side, and people just show up. I don't know how you control that. But at the same time, uh, I think what's missing is the uh, police and all that need to have like an 18, 19-year-old who's on all these social medias and go, hey, I don't think this is going to be good. You better be, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like one expert trying to weigh in from the perspective. Well, yeah, so here's someone who follows all the social media goes, hey, there's going to be a giveaway today. I don't think this might end well. So you know what I'm saying? A few things that I thought about this. Uh, the first thing I thought is in the world of, of politics, and I know people are going to get mad I'm making this comparison, but I'm going to make it. Um, one of the things that is said often is that Trump was uniquely capable of causing the events of January 6th because of his popularity with his base, with his base of supporters. Uh, this guy, uh, Kai Sinat, I'm not even sure if I'm saying his name right. I don't follow him. Four million subscribers on YouTube, millions of subscribers on uh, uh, Twitch. I think the ability to have a whole lot of people show up to a thing is misunderstood in today's society. And I think this is probably demonstrating that. And then the chaos part, a whole lot of people arrested, a whole lot of violence in downtown uh, New York. I think once a lot of bodies are in an enclosed space or in a a tight space, even if it's outdoors, uh, they're just all collected together. uh, The odds of something going from peaceful to nuts are, are much higher than we appreciate them being. Um, which I think is playing out here. It's like any time, and I know this has been said before, I know I've said it before, as more of a comparison to January 6th than calling it an insurrection, um, when you celebrate a championship for a team that wins something, you know, in a, in a city, uh, NBA, NFL, uh, ML, whatever it is, and you see, like, buses on fire and stuff at some point. I doubt anyone intended for everyone showing up at this to to get a free console or whatever the, the giveaway was to have it end like this, but it happens. It, it's it's something that's sort of surreal in the world of, of humans because, again, I don't know what the instigator was, what the start of this was, but obviously a lot of really bad things happened uh, in New York City today. Uh, what is your reaction to that? I don't I don't have many pho- – I have a lot of phobias. I'm not as bad as Monk if you watch that old show. Sure. But uh, – my my biggest one of my biggest phobias is fear of a crowd <laughs> and mob mentality. Sure. And when yes. it goes bad, right. everyone gravitates to the lowest IQ of the person there. Now they not may be responsible, right. but there's a vibe to go. Okay, there's a guy with a six IQ. We're, we're going to go down there. Yeah. Well, because the 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 mob mentality. Uh, just disintegrates to the lowest 
human IQ. Well, and I, and it, yeah. I, it scares the hell out of me. I, I agree with you, and I would say it's really only a few people that I think wind up doing the, the craziest stuff in any of those mob mentalities. I think a lot of other people probably just stay within the quote-unquote mob and aren't you know, throwing Molotov cocktails into uh, buses. Uh, but it, it, there's some people that do this, and this seems to be yet another demonstration of it, and the power of, of social media and the power of social media personalities because this person isn't even – at the upper echelon of, of followers in some of uh, he's definitely, you know, much more popular than most people uh, in his world. Uh, but there are people much more famous than him. So I thought it was interesting that this is a name of someone who causes this level of chaos. And I love to blame everything on social media, but that's why Jesus was crucified in stone. That's why witch burning happened. You get that mob together and one guy goes, she's a witch. Sure. And everyone just, just sure. joins in. So it, it precedes social media. It goes back throughout the history of time of this mob mentality, and you get two or three influencers in that mob mm-hmm. that turn everyone, and it, that it scares the hell. I, I won't go into big crowds. Yeah, no, I, I understand. So I mentioned it a little bit by saying uh, the words January 6th. Um, uh, Trump and his supporters are very upset about what's been going on this week in the world of his third indictment uh, being arraigned. Uh, pleading innocent. Uh, it seems like it will continue to have a positive effect on the support for Trump within his base. Um, I don't know what effect it will have beyond that. I know a lot of people ask certain questions about, you know, the suburban mom, for example. Um, but I do think, and Dan, tell me what you feel about this, that somehow within just a four-month period, we've gone from one indictment to three, that this is much less of a, a story that people are walking around and talking about than the first time uh, we saw. I, I feel like there is a lessening effect to the significance in people's day-to-day conversation uh, since we've seen so much of this so quickly. Well, uh, we had George Will on two years ago, and he said there's 300, arbitrarily, 340 million Americans, 20 watch cable news, another 10, blah, blah, blah. The other 300 million are like, hey, we got travel baseball coming up. We got to buy kids clothes. <laughs> we don't care. We got a flood in the basement. Our air conditioning bills are high. Yeah. 300 million people don't pay attention so peripherally. So uh, I, I thought about this, and I'm like, you know, the I, I don't know if this is the Republicans' intention, but to go into the Bidens, and there's enough smoke and fire. Yes. For, fire. And you had the uncle. I had an uncle back in the early 70s. I'm a little older than you. When they go, Nixon's a crook, he goes, ah, everyone's a crook in Washington. <laughs> that attitude's been around for years. And what the Republicans done has sullied the Bidens. And there may be some real proof to that, yeah. that it's put Trump on equal footing. They go, well, Trump is a crook. And they go, well, what about the Bidens? Yeah. Well, Trump got indicted. They go, well, they shouldn't have indicted the Bidens. Yeah. Well, so now all of a sudden they're on equal footing. Well, especially if Biden does get <laughs> indicted, which his his classified documents thing is not decided on yet. That's still out there. I don't know if he will. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people expect that he won't as the sitting president. Um, but who knows, I guess, is, is at least one thing you could throw out there. I, again, I understand if a lot of people just said to their radio, come on, Collins, you know they're not going to do I, I believe that that won't happen, uh, but we'll see. And that actually kind of leads me to the third one, the Devin Archer stuff. Um, Tucker Carlson uh, somehow scored the interview with the business partner of Hunter Biden. And over the course of two different pieces of, of video that he put out there, a part one and a part two, he got uh, Devin Archer to say a lot of really important things 
in my opinion, including things like it is categorically false uh, that the president of the United States had no awareness of Hunter Biden's business dealings and his business uh, partners or the people he was working with from other countries uh, because he has a letter uh, that Tucker read to him that was written by the then vice president on the vice president's, you know, letterhead uh, to uh, Devin Archer uh, saying how great it was to see him and sorry we couldn't get to talk. Categorically false as far as Biden's awareness of Hunter Biden's businesses. That has to matter. And yet it feels like it doesn't to a lot of people. Okay, so here's my take on this is that uh, he was on these calls, but he never said anything incriminatory and it reminds me of goodfellows and polly you know polly <laughs> would only talk sure yeah polly would only talk to yeah. four or five people yes but if you're in a restaurant and you're like uh, right. de niro talking to somebody and right. polly goes by shakes de niro hands and shakes your hand yes and says hey something. listen to him he's a he's a good guy he doesn't have to weigh in on what the deal is no it's sealed because I, the big guy just said hi to you. I, and I think Biden's a lot like Polly. Yes. He can't prove it. He's smart. I, he can't prove it. But, I love But him being on the call yeah, is, is it, you yeah, know. It's, it's, it's smoke uh, as much as you could possibly have smoke. It's, it's fire, as you and I have both said uh, now on the show. But also, man, I love the analogy you gave because I thought of it like Sopranos when they're in the basement, but they know it's bugged. And so they start having the conversation a certain way, thinking that there are people listening and, and people, you know, paying attention. They're still trying to tell each other what they want the next steps to be, but they're not doing it with any yeah. words that I'll understand or, or be able to follow. Yes, it sounds a lot yeah. like a crime family, uh, which, again, is a yeah. very conservative shot at this administration. Uh, but if you and I are both saying we're, we're hearing a lot of that crime, uh, how is that not continued to be investigated then? And how does what happened with Hunter and the things that he's you know, not getting charged with in the world of, of his court cases, how does it not feel ridiculous and maybe motivate a lot of people to feel that what's happening to Trump is unfair because of how much seems to be obvious and ignored in the world of anyone not named Trump. But but the muddying of the waters to the other, like George Will's 300 million, is enough for them to go, well, they, he's, they're just like Trump. Because if you ask those 300 million who Devin Archer is, they go, isn't he a wide receiver for the Bills? But isn't that because I mean, media doesn't don't... talk about it as much? I, I mean, anything in the world. Well, now his name's about. been out there, but people don't people don't sit and watch the news like we yeah, do. Yeah, but beside CBS, I haven't heard it as a lead story on NBC, on ABC, on any of the places where oh, people no. might go. It, it has been something that CBS has been willing to discuss at least a little. But there's a lot of mainstream media uh, that doesn't dive that deep into the story that would put on anyone. Uh, that says that they're somehow connected to Trump right now, uh, that has, quote, unquote, the goods on anything he's accused of. And I think those would be more household names. Isn't there a version of this seems less important than this to the people who tell us what the news is? Well, yeah, I do believe that, you know, I was on, I, 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 so I'm at home, so I come out and get water and feed the dog and yeah. let the dog out during our breaks. And I, I just happen to have NBC on across the way, and they go, well, uh, uh, Devin, uh, his Devin Archer's testimony is not; it's it's going against the grain of GOP. And right. I'm like, well, either side can nitpick what the details are. Yes. And spin it their way. Right. So, but you I know, just want to point like, something out. You said you were watching NBC or ABC. Which one? 
MSNBC. Oh, MSNBC. Okay, so that that is very yeah. uh, left leaning for sure. But yes, they, they the narrative has been that this isn't what the Republicans are telling you it is. But Devin Archer said to Tucker Carlson that it's categorically false that Biden had no awareness, uh, the president, then vice president, to what his son was doing. Uh, a couple other quick things. Got to get through the top five at five. I thought it was interesting. Two expelled Tennessee Democrats won back their seats in the uh, House in the world of, you know, um, state uh, politicians. Uh, this is a story that went kind of viral and ended up a lot of places a while ago uh, because the three individuals who uh, were potentially going to lose their seats uh, to, um, you know, black politicians, one white politician. They kept the white politician. They tried to relieve the black politicians of their jobs. They both just got voted back by the voters. So they get to keep being in uh, their office. Do you have a quick reaction to that? I just thought it was an interesting sort of inevitable end result. Well, I, I, I am for uh, getting rid of all gerrymandering sure. and going back to uh Fair elections. Now, interestingly, I was I've been reading about Iowa who went to absolute blocks. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, it was just like even blocks. It hasn't really changed the demographics in Iowa because they're conservative. Yes. But who's going to draw those blocks? And yeah, so so for issues like that is, yeah, they got reelected, but it's because they're in gerrymandered districts. And I, I, I. I want to get it all rid of all gerrymandering. Sure, you yeah, know, I understand. And, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I know that this is just like a – it's not necessarily supposed to be a top five, but you mentioned Iowa. Uh, Trump's lead is less in Iowa than nationally. He's 44 percent um, uh, as far as people polling, saying who they're likely to vote for. DeSantis is polling a little bit better uh, in Iowa than nationally at 20 percent. So it might be a more interesting race specific to Iowa, but uh, Trump is still doing much better. And that's not hey, exactly hey. close. Sorry, go ahead. Can I bring up 4B? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. 4B. Gas went up 20 cents. Mm. And uh, the only reason, there's several things. The heat, but part of it was uh, President Biden is going to stop drawing from our strategic reserves. Yeah. And I'm like, there is only one candidate, one candidate who's talking about energy independence and drilling, and he's on it, and it's Trump. Yes. All I these know. other candidates are in the woke policies and all this and that. I'm sure. like, it's, and I, I like watching Cudlow. He comes on at six on Fox <laughs> Business. Sure. And, and, and he's like, it's the economy. It's net. Clinton yes. was right. Yes. Everyone yeah. was right. That, and that no one's is, talking about yeah. the economy. That message is more powerful. That's going to be five because I got to take a break because we, we went way late. But thank you, Dan, uh, from the morning show for jumping in, being a part of the top five. Listen every day. 530 to 9. Uh, anything important people should look out for on Monday or uh, with podcasts for the Greg and Dan Show? Well, you know, we have Dave Johnson of Pearl Technology and the hacking stuff that's going on. I mean, there's he can't even get in a five-minute segment everything that's going on with China hacking our infrastructure, all this and that. Yeah. And then Wells Fargo had that thing where people had their money disappear. Yes. On their automatic payments. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that hacking? I don't know. We'll discover that. We'll we'll cool. find out on Monday. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins. Show Julia Bradley coming along in just a bit to do some news. A good story, bad story. Going to start trying to do that uh, here. Uh, it's Friday, so we're only going to do a good story and we're going to do it quick. Uh, a cop in Florida stopped a runaway boat last weekend by jumping from one speeding boat to another speeding boat. Uh, Dan Lloyd, friend of the show, unofficial producer, hanging out in studio. This is the most fun you'd ever have. 
I think, as a cop. Uh, you're on one speeding boat. Everything's going Love crazy. It. You dive over to the other Love one. You it. jump. Yep, you do all the things. Uh, they put the dash cam video or the chest cam video up on social media, uh, and then they put uh, Jump by Van Halen as the song That's behind awesome. it. So I can play it. All you're going to hear is Jump. You can't hear anything going on for the video. But this is exactly perfect as far as what they put up on the Internet and what went viral because this is, as I said, probably the most fun day uh, this person will ever have in the world of policing. <laughs> As I'm playing this, I'm watching a police officer lunge across from one uh, boat to another boat. He's Mission Impossible. He, it's amazing, man. It's it's and probably he walked off and he said that's the most stressful day or like he's getting too old for this bleep. I hope it's something he said at some point. But that was amazing. Uh, anyway, that's the good story. No bad story because it's Friday. Fourteen seventy. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, new equipment in studio and not that many mistakes, knock on wood, although I've probably just ruined the uh, chances for the rest of the show. Uh, unofficial producer Dan Lloyd also hanging out with me, and it's Friday. It's 535 or so, which means Eric, the quartermaster from the VFW, is here as well. How are you doing, man? Doing pretty good, Craig. How about yourself? Good. Uh, we'll talk about some of the stuff coming up at the VFW in just a little bit. I know you guys have an event, I think, on Sunday. Uh, that sounds like a blast as far as a thing that's uh, going on and people should go to. I'm going to be in a dunk tank on Saturday, tomorrow, uh, from 12 to 1, outside the Neon Bison. And then Sweet. I'm going to be playing uh, your version of golf at the VFW. And we'll get into more of that later, <laughs> just a bit, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, before I get to any of that, though, I, I have to put you immediately in a situation where you can weigh in on a topic that's been in the news this week because you've served in our Navy. Um, you saw that story about the two young naval officers that gave information, top-secret information, to China. Um, what was your immediate reaction to, to hearing that and knowing that it's it's two people in the Navy that were doing this? I think the first uh, initial reaction was probably very angry. Um, I don't have much sympathy right now for what sure. may, uh, as far as the punishment or consequence. Sure. Um, my personal opinion would be Leavenworth for life. Sure. Um, I'd almost go for life or death penalty. But yeah. That will be a little bit hard, but, <laughs> but yeah. No, but you're, the, you're a military I, man. I mean, come on. But I think they need to at least be breaking yeah. rocks for the rest right. of the night. You know, there. when I saw that story break, and I, I did it in the top five of five, I think, a couple of days ago, I immediately thought of you and said that, that I know some of the people who are going to be the most mad or anybody in our military uh, that, that sees and reads that story. And at $15,000 or something, I think, was the amount of money. Not that I want it to be higher and people to be willing to be susceptible to give you know, information that, that harms our country for, like, lots and lots of money. But it was sort of ridiculous that it was such a small amount, and it, it made me and it made other people think, do many people who serve in our military, uh, you know, wind up that tempted by that small amount of money, or is there any chance that these guys planned on this being the inevitable way in which they – because it just – it doesn't feel believable to me uh, that people could be swayed so – easily to do something they swore not to do and to do it for what seems to be an insignificant amount of money compared to the punishment for this crime. Well, we all know the military doesn't get paid the greatest. So, I mean, it's, right. it's a good temptation for that. Sure. However, your oath should be stronger than that temptation. Right, yeah. And that's what that's what the, the failure is at. Okay. And, and being a person who handled classified material for the whole career that I've had, yeah. um, it's, just, it's just sickening. Okay. And that's, there should be no Yeah, and that's, no why leeway. The, that's why the punishment should be significant, so that Absolutely. this is not the temptation for everyone else. Okay, cool. Um, thank you for that. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there since I knew <laughs> you had a connection to it. I want to play some audio uh, for us, and if you guys don't want to weigh in or you do, that's fine. I, I don't know. Um, but I think there's a fascinating idea here. Uh, I was talking earlier in the show uh, during the Top 5 at 5 about an influencer 
that wound up causing chaos in New York City today. Uh, tons of people arrested, giving away some sort of thing like 4 million followers on one of the, I think, YouTube, 6 million on, on Twitch. And it's just interesting the, the power or the strength of so many people now as far as their celebrity status in all these different places in our, in our society. Joe Rogan, very, very famous uh, for his podcast, uh, he was talking to a guest about how he might have former President Trump on the podcast in the near future. Trump's lawyers would probably be terrified of all the places for Trump to go 100%. to chat with Joe Rogan. Because Rogan's going to want to know stuff, and Trump's going to want to tell him stuff. He also might want him to smoke something, yeah. too. Well, and also, Howard Stern loved interviewing Donald Trump because yes. of the, the candid, like honest answers to questions he could give. This is not a good time for Trump to be asked by somebody he's being you know, uh, casual with uh, tough questions. But here, I want to play a little bit of this audio. When you're having Trump on? I don't know. You, the look I don't know. Maybe. Looks like you got something. Maybe. Okay, good. That's good. I think that's... Uh... I look, at a certain point in time, it's just like, it would be interesting to hear his perspective on a lot of things. I would like to know what is it like when you actually get into office. I would like to know things like, what what is it like versus perception? Yeah. What is it actually like when you get in that building? Like, what 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 are you greeted with? When do you know that people are you? When do you know that the intelligence agency is lying to you? Like, when you decided to fire Comey, what was the thought? How much did you know? Like, what, what's the machine like? What's the machine like? The last question there at the end. So what I think is so interesting about this is, is Rogan is a guy that gets attacked a lot. Uh, he gets attacked a lot mostly by talking heads on the left uh, because he interviews and talks to doctors or people that they think you shouldn't have in media. So I almost feel as though, listening to Rogan say that, he feels a kindred spirit to Trump in the way that Trump gets that. Maybe he doesn't agree with everything Trump does or think he's, you know, the greatest president on earth. Uh, actually, Rogan has said often on his show that he thinks Barack Obama is the best person who's ever been in that office, which demonstrates that he's not a on-the-right-only type of person. He definitely has some Hollywood left uh, in him. But it sounds like to me what his fascination is is all the people around you who don't want you to do whatever it is you're doing, which I envision a lot to be people that are around Rogan because of the way that he's courted controversy or not even done it on purpose but had it around him. Spotify contemplated firing him and then didn't. So I think it would be a really fascinating conversation. I don't know what you guys think about Rogan and Trump outside of Trump shouldn't do it for a bunch of legal reasons. 100% should not do it, but right. it would be must listen to. Must listen to. Right. And is it because Rogan is, is up and he's there teasing for it, all of us? He's teasing it so well. Right. He's doing a masterful yeah. job. Because he also sounds like he'd be 100% on your side. Like it'd be all about the – because he also says later on in that audio he wants to ask Trump to define the deep state. Tell me what the deep state is. I think is. he could get out everything he'd want yeah. out of Trump because think, of this, his interview style. Him and Stern are really well at that, but I think the casualness, the of, casualness it? Yeah. of it. What do you think, Eric? I agree as well. I mean, I mean, Stern has always been really good at that, and, and Rogan is just as well, just as yeah. good. You think that Trump yeah. would be that trusting in that environment to say stuff he shouldn't say? <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't think he'll have the, the you know the control yeah, to keep right. all that in. Yeah. I don't think so. I think he'll do it. By the way, if I was a betting man, because uh, Trump sat down with Fox News, and I know that sounds to people who don't pay attention, at least haven't been paying attention for a while, like oh yeah, they'd be friendly. No, Fox News has not been the biggest supporter of Trump uh, this campaign season. They would like to see him go away, and Brett Baer was not easy on him. And some people said some of the things that Trump said in that interview could be brought up in court cases. Again, Joe Rogan and Donald Trump together in a room having a conversation about anything you've got to feel there's there's a lot of roads uh, they're going down <laughs> and a lot of those i don't know um but do you think that everything that's gone on 
that that has any value to Trump to do it, to sit down in that room? Is he benefiting himself at all? He's only hurting himself. Okay. So there's no benefit. Do you think he should even be debating? I know you were talking about that with me a little bit off the air. Should Trump show up at any of these debates? He's going to have to at some point. I don't think he needs to initially. Um, I think that he can only hurt himself by doing that. Right. Because you, you can only score points against the guy at the top if you're playing against the guy at the top. Well, right now he has the benefit of he is in – he's being talked about by every candidate. Sure. And so he has free publicity – Anytime he wants, because every candidate has to answer a question about him in indictment. Yeah. Do you think the same thing, Eric? I'm right on board. Okay. Yeah, that there's – okay. Uh, so yeah. one other quick thing. This is just a lighter thing, a sillier thing, uh, a thing to palate cleanse. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some stuff coming up at the VFW. I do love this story, uh, uh, Dan. An eight-year-old boy provoked a black widow spider to bite him because he thought he would develop superpowers a la Spider-Man. He did not. He's okay. Um, uh, that's good because it was a lethal – um, a spider that he was trying to provoke to bite him. But what is the immediate reaction to this story? And a kid who watches the movie and is like, that's all it takes? I just got to be bitten by one spider and I'm Spider-Man. Where are these parents? <laughs> Where are these parents? <laughs> I was thinking about that. Sure. Yeah, that's a part of it. Because it sounded like it took a while. He Like 15 times he was trying to provoke it and annoy it. Well, I'm wondering if he like walked in the room and said, hey, Mom, look what I can do now. And <laughs> and then said, why do you think you can do this? And yeah, right. I just got bit by yeah, Black Widow. I just bit by Black Widow. Yeah. No. Anything ever for either? I know you guys are both um, uh, parents. Anything ever happened where some uh, some crazy thing with your kid was trying not I don't think they were trying to develop superpowers with a black widow spider, but you remember anything uh, where you had to tell somebody no in a way that they shouldn't be told no? Not really. Nothing crazy. That's good. My brother got me to do a lot of stuff that I thought that I could do. <laughs> I mean, immediately what I thought of. Uh, my, although... my brother told me one time to stand in the middle of the kitchen and shake a pop bottle for two hours because I, <laughs> I could make it rain. Yeah. And I was four years yeah. old. Yeah. And mom and dad walked in and it was raining. Nice. That's immediately what I thought of is the things I got tricked into doing yes. as a kid, including my Aunt Liz, who used to tell me that Batman was going to stop by for my birthday. She did it every year. And I fell for it every year. I'd sit outside in our front yard waiting for the Batmobile. And it, it was a crushing – the story sounds like at some point I was very sad. But she's like, this year he's coming. And stupid I was me. convinced that my Dukes of Hazard big wheel could jump like the Dukes of Hazard big wheel. <laughs> could it? No, okay, but I right. tried, and it right. didn't work real well. And my sister was just as bad. So she – I was a big Evil Knievel fan. So she said, hey, you can be Evil Knievel if I shove you off the porch <laughs> on your big wheel. And I took a good ride. Yeah, did you? Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice I, I feel Never like, trust her again. I feel like there's some Daredevil stories in you, Eric. I feel oh, like we yeah. get some of those out at some point. All right. We'll take a break. We'll talk about what's going on at the VFW. Uh, 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Unofficial producer, friend of the show, Dan Lloyd, hanging out in studio. And then a friend of the show, Eric Thurman, the quartermaster at the VFW, also here on a Friday, uh, like he normally is. What's going on at the VFW this weekend? What's going on on Sunday? Hey, we got some fun coming up. Uh, Sunday, we have a $10 green fees for our beer can golf. Nice. Uh, what's beer can golf? Beer can golf is similar to it's like a cross between hockey and golf. We have <laughs> All right. I could have, actually do this. Can you? You oh, want to yeah. play? I could do this. All right. Yeah, this might get you qualified for the PGA Tour right. if you do it right. Yeah, I hear. But uh, but it's a, it's a bracket-type game, mm -hmm. uh, and what you do is you go against another person, and, of course, they have brackets and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but what it is is it's an obstacle course. It's like miniature golf and golf mixed, yeah. but you're, you're using 
handmade sticks like a hockey stick <laughs> sure. and a beer can as right. your as your as your golf ball. Uh, and the the um, donation that's going to go to uh, valuable stuff um, it's called a green fee, right? You're calling it a green fee. We call it a green okay. fee Even or a parking, in the parking lot, lot fee, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I, I love that part that it's a parking lot fee. Uh, is this the first time you guys are doing this, or you've done this before? No, this will be our second year. Okay. Um, we do have a trophy that we hang in, at the uh, nice. at the canteen there. Okay, and it's a picture. It's actually a physical. Mm-hmm. Golf club that we use, cool. and it has beer cans at the bottom, and it has your name on the back. Cool. So uh, two dollar uh, cans, one dollar Jello shots uh, for the entire time. So you can definitely have a lot of fun. Uh, do that responsibly. Uh, get an Uber or have somebody drive that's not <laughs> playing uh, if you want. Fifteen oh five East Lake Avenue, Peoria Heights is the uh, VFW twenty six oh two is their post number. Three oh nine six eight two. 9875 is the phone number, 309-682-9875. Uh, what else you guys got going on? Um, getting ready for the bikini car wash coming up uh, nice. uh, pretty soon here. I don't have the exact date on my hand, on, on hand right now, but sure. it's going to be coming up soon. Sure. Uh, which we're going to have a, a few of uh, the local guys out there nice. uh, washing your car for you. So, <laughs> uh, And the bikini car wash, yes, that's a bunch of dudes in bikinis uh, washing cars. It's uh, one of your biggest fundraising events you guys have, right? It's one of our larger ones, yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. And we're also going to make a phone call. Uh, this phone call is going to be to one of your um, bartenders at the VFW, right. uh, bartender Patty. Uh, Patty has, um, I think, a birthday coming up, right? That's one of the things that she's got going on? Actually, Trish has a birthday coming okay, up. Okay, Trish does. But uh, Patty is the one who kind of coordinates the uh, beer can golf. All right, let's see if Patty's on the line. Patty, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Hey, um, tell me a little bit more about beer can golf, if you don't mind. Um, well, beer can golf is it's more just for bragging rights against other people. You know, it's all for fun. Um, you take what looks pretty much like a hockey stick, kind of. Yes. And you hit around a flat beer can into you do nine holes so it's the same rules as golf sure are you good at this patty are you very good at this Uh, how you coordinate it i've won a couple times i've won a couple times (laughs) she's she's won this a couple times how do you get so good at this patty what do you do do you practice this at Um, home do people look at you confused in the neighborhood sorry go ahead no yeah i've never done it before actually until uh aj she was she had us do it the first time out at the bunker (laughs) nice that's awesome so you're a natural in the world of beer can are you good at other golf no, I've okay. never golfed before. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> Eric, are you good at this or no? Uh, no, I played. I played a couple of the obstacles last year. And gotcha. Yeah, I don't know if it's it'd be. I wasn't the best. It's a, it is a good challenge. It's fun. <laughs> what What are the secrets? Yeah. If you wanted to throw out some secrets, do you have any tricks or, or tips of the trade? Should you be intoxicated? Um, Should you not be? Oh yeah, you got to drink while you're playing. Of course. Okay, right, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's this part of it. Yeah, that makes sense. And. You don't want to flatten your can completely flat. You want to have oh. a little edge on it so it can roll. Okay, I got you. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, are you also helping to coordinate the – I know this is not something that's open to the public, but the the birthday um, trip that's coming up in a little bit that we were talking about uh, last time I was at the VFW, is this something that you're behind? Um, well, it's actually my best friend, Misty. She was the one that came up with the idea because okay. I'll turn 40 on Tuesday. Yes, you'll turn 40 on Tuesday. And so the thing I wanted to say just real quick, and this is just a warning to anybody out in Peoria on Tuesday, uh, there are going to be a group of people uh, around, and you're all going to be dressed up, right? Well, it's going to be Saturday the 12th is when we're actually okay. doing the bus drive. Saturday the 12th, a bus is going to drive uh, you and a group of friends. And what are you going to be dressed as? Uh, we are all going to be dressed as elderly people. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this? It's, it's hilarious and fantastic. Uh, and actually, you know what's funny I, is they invited Betty to go when we were at the VFW. Patty did. She said, but you have to dress as an elderly person. You're not allowed to come yep. if you don't. Uh, so why, why is that the thing? 
Um, well, because I just seen it on TikTok and I figured I was turning forty, so yeah. why not? Just yeah. Like, you know, Amen. I mean, yeah. Why not? I love. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you for jumping on for being a part of the show, Patty. Um, and have oh, yeah. fun uh, next weekend. And I'm going to be coming out to Beer Can Golf and. I'll cheat if I have to Please. to win. I, I, will, I will do anything I have <laughs> to. I, I will count wrong, but uh, look forward to seeing you there. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks. Bye. Um, anything else we got before we get out of here, uh, Eric, at the VFW that you want to promote? Yeah, don't forget your uh, Craig Collins specials. Uh, the dollar oh, nice. from that drink uh, goes to the uh, the toy drive. Yes. Uh, there's yeah. a Craig Collins special on the menu, which is very cool because I, I look at the screen and my name is there and you can punch it. And it's 3 bucks for a not like well shelf uh, vodka you put some nicer stuff in yeah, there the mid-shelf right. stuff yeah mid-shelf mm-hmm. and only one of those uh, and one of those dollars excuse me goes to um you know your toy drive so you're only making two bucks off That's these drinks so you guys are, are are taking a shot here but you're doing it uh, very kindly and am i just so please go out and grab the craig collins drink uh dan anything you got anything else you want to talk about uh before i let you go just uh, love being here it's friday you just love everybody have, friday. yeah well, I'm there excited that Joe's coming here tomorrow. There was one other thing in the world of politics that you and I were talking about, and I only have like a minute. To, oh, if to Taylor talk Swift about. was undecided, and she that's, could swing the whole election. That's what I. That's what I wanted to say. He was asking me, out of all like the people, the human beings that could come out of the woodwork and say they're pro this side or pro that side, and could make the most people change their minds, who would it be? And Taylor Swift is Taylor your Swift answer. Right now. The number one yeah. name has to, to be. be. Like, <laughs> and if she went for Trump, that would shock. She people. could swing this the way. whole election. <laughs> Anybody else think there's anybody out there as powerful in the world of celebrity? Apparently, this guy in New York uh, can get a lot of people to follow him. Uh, Maybe Rogan, but I I love that. Uh, Start campaigning to Taylor Swift. When she's putting people in parking garages listening to her songs? Yeah, although i got to be honest, if she, uh, you know, puts your support behind somebody and they lose, she might also write a negative song about them. It might be sort of like <laughs> a dating situation. I would love a, a Trump pet. song by Taylor Swift. <laughs> if she's brokenhearted about Trump not winning an election. Trouble. If that existed, in the, like, that would be the end of times, I think, um, for her to write a song with a sad – anyway. We may be getting there. <laughs> Good talk. Thank you, Eric, from the VFW, Thank for you. hanging out. Uh, thank you, Dan, for hanging out.